West West y'all. Yo, what's up everybody? Welcome to another episode of the Back of the 135 Podcast, episode number 212. This episode is brought to you by the mighty West West Podcast Network, straight out of West Auckland, brought to you by www.westwestnet.com. Go check out our website and our write-ups we have on there on sports, business, pop culture from a Polynesian perspective, written by our regular contributors and fellow West West Network podcasters. Also, follow the West West Network on all our socials. We're on Facebook, Instagram, TikTok, and X, formerly known as Twitter. Also, subscribe to the West West Network YouTube channel for all our video content. And if you want to support us, hit the donate button on our website at the top there on on, on the front page. So, we dropped another episode of the empty out the clip podcast the eotc podcast myself and yash from the zealous state of mind podcast and lady we dropped episode 113 we discussed the results of the elections so uh christopher luxon leader of the national party won the voting so national are in labor are out we talked about that Talked about the Torsa Moa and Kangaroos game. Comments and comments made by Mel Meninga. That upset uh, Lady and myself. We talked about that. We talked about the All Blacks win over Ireland in the weekend. Uh, All Blacks booked themselves a place in the semi final against Argentina this week. So we talked about that. Go go check out the latest the Clip podcast. It's on Spotify and soon to be on youtube all right so our guest today on the back of the 135 podcast is a proud Samoan Fafafine she runs a ministry of education funded program called Laulima its purpose is to support young Fafafine in secondary schools all around Auckland so she heads that she's doing wonderful things for the community and also for the LGBT community. She's a former student at Calston Boys High School. We discussed that. We discussed um, her school, growing up in school. We discussed her work at, at the schools as well. We talked about transgender issues in New Zealand. We talked about her perspective on all of that, all the, the pronouns, the LGBT stuff. We talked about the struggles she faced on a daily basis being uh, transgender and yeah we just talked about a lot of things to do with her, her life and um, what she gets up to please welcome the Calston Queen Steva Awinga
Happy Saturday, people. Happy Saturday. <laughs> Happy Saturday. <laughs> Steve, thanks for coming on the back of Movie 5. Pleasure to have you on the back of the bus. <laughs> you you grew up at West Day. Did you do you remember the 135 bus? Did that go through Glen Eden? Yeah, oh, no, no. Or, 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 the, or, no, or Great, Great North, North Road? Great North. Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. I remember that bus, 224, yeah. Yeah. 153, all those buses. <laughs> Um, I don't even know if 153 went through that way, but 224, that was definitely yeah, my yeah, bus. Yeah. So mm. you're born and bred out west? Born and bred out west in Glen Eden, yeah. yeah. Um, lived here for 30 years. Oh, actually, no, 26 years. Oh, jokes. <laughs> eh, wangalo, 28 years, and then two years over in Samoa when I was oh, younger. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. 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 So you're a good friend of, of Lady over here. You guys went to the same school. Connected is the brotherhood. Right? Yes, yeah. brotherhood. <laughs> <Preaching>, <laughs> yeah, tell me about the, more about the sisterhood of um of, of custom boys. Sure. So um so obviously Calston is oh Calston Boys is a single sex school. Um whereas me and my generation and the the generation above me, um we're pretty much the ones who actually made Calston colourful. So we were a bunch of individuals who weren't, you know, masculine or we weren't, um, we didn't like playing rugby or, you know, hanging out with boys or even feel connected to, um, um, you know, being born as Mm. male. Mm. Um, Inside, like like how we actually felt, we actually felt as as women, um, and so how we identified ourselves as, um, we identified ourselves as whapafingas or trans mm. women, um, and yeah, and so through that, um, through our years, you know, going into high school, we were kind of like, obviously it's a new territory, we are like, oh gosh, we feel threatened, you know, it's not welcoming, and obviously there was no one um, <clears throat> who was openly whapafinga, except for one, um, and her name was Chloe. Um, but back in school, um, through that one person, she gave us the confidence to actually live and breathe um, our truth um, and not give a... Can we see yeah. on here? Oh, yeah, like, you know, like, not yeah. give a fuck yeah. about, you know, how um, people look at us or how they, um, you know... Because obviously, with our personalities, we're, like, pretty out there. Some of us are pretty out there. I mean, I, I for one, I, I, I would just tell anyone to get fucked. Whoever, you know, wants to be bots and fifoko in my way, then yeah. <clears throat> um, but yeah, we all pretty much, we were pretty much a collective who just had to support each other, especially through those times, because obviously fafafingas and trans women weren't common or it wasn't openly... Um, out there in, in, in our communities. <clears throat> so we were obviously our mentors, oh my God, teachers, makeup artists. We had to provide support to each other. And obviously because some of our families didn't actually accept us. However, us as a collective, we formed that, that sisterhood to provide that safe space for us. So then coming to school, we can actually be ourselves. Because mm. back home, for some of us, it wasn't a safe space. So school was our home to actually... Um, to actually be ourselves, really, yeah. So you know when you say the home was in the safe space, really, like is that because of, mm. of <clears throat> religion in the family or? Um, 
religion plays a part in it, but more so the fact that it's what, in my opinion, um, it's more so of the representation of the family because obviously children, we represent our families, mainly our parents. So I think um, our parents, that's when they come in and actually don't want their child to be a whafafingi, obviously because, you know, they represent the mum and dad, especially the dad, because obviously it's mm-hmm. the son who has now transitioned to be um, a female. <clears throat> so then with that being said, um, it's kind of like, oh, you're going to bring shame to the family, you know. There's, you know, one of my sons is acting feminine and then it's kind of like... Um, we don't want that in our family. Can you just, you know, because you're born a boy, can you just be a boy? You know, so I think, but that's my own opinion. That's how I see it. Religion, yes, not so much, but because not every Whawhafingi family, you know. It's interesting you say that because when I think about Whawhafingi, especially in Samoa, to me, like having some in my family too, like to me it feels normal that the, mm. over there in, in Samoa is accepted kind of thing. Yeah. And when you think about what's going on in the news with the with, with having rights for 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 trans, and it's in the news, eh? It's, yeah. It's, there's a lot of issues out there. And I don't think it was out in the open that much back in the days, huh? Yeah, it, it definitely wasn't open um, back in the days here mm. in New Zealand. But over in Samoa, oh my gosh, it was like it dates right back to like the 1800s, even way before that. Um, like, here in New Zealand, when I was young, um, we had, like, I had Shigeyuki, I had Cindy of Samoa to look at, I had Linda, um, you know, there was even Buckwheat as well. Um, and then over in Samoa, there was Auntie Sammy, there was Auntie Roger, all, the, all of the older whafafingas who actually paved the way for us here in New Zealand because obviously back home in Samoa, it's so... It's so open, you know, like Whawhafingas can actually live their life openly over in Samoa, whereas here in New Zealand, because it's so diverse, we got to take into consideration, or not like we have to, but we got to be mindful of the other uh, of the other cultures who are around, who aren't so masangi or understanding to what Whawhafingas are or, you know, whakaletis or whatever. Um, but, yeah, it's just back home, to be a whawhafingi is so more accepted than than it is being here. You can just be free anywhere. I mean, like, for goodness sake, we've got whawhafingis over there in open relationships with, sorry, not in open relationships, but they're in relationships who are open to be out in public. Um, and obviously with the guy just, you know, not giving a fuck about who he's with. Because, um, you know, love is love, right? Um, but then here back in, back in New Zealand, it's... Or like here in Auckland, it's always that, oh, you know, it's um, taboo or guys don't want to be with the trans girl or the five figures because obviously it's kind of like, oh my God, look at that guy, he's with another guy. You know, it's all of that lack of um, knowledge and lack of understanding. Mm. Mm. Oh, that's... Am I like going off track? <laughs> no, no, no. We'll just go. We'll just oh man, I just love that you're getting in, in real deep fast, man. Like, I love that you own I like it. Going deep. You know I mean? But I love that you own it. Like, you own yourself. You own your identity. I mean, so many people are like, dudes, like, okay, I'm this person. Like you said, like you, you had to come to school to feel like you were yourselves and you know and be like free. Yeah. 
But it's like not many people can own that, you know. And like we hear identity is like something real crucial about people's upbringings and stuff. <clears throat> yeah. But uh, just to see you flex, like I love seeing you flex. <laughs> to me, it's like because you remind people, you remind people, <clears throat> hello. You know, we're part mm. of the brotherhood. We're part of this, this cope up, whatever. Mm. But it's like that you're open about it, and I love that you, you just own it, man. That's like <clears throat> more people yeah. need to be more upfront. Do like you that, think man. it's because of the way society is right now? How they're trying to have transgender accepted in society in New Zealand, especially with people that are against it, people that don't believe in it, people that are wanna wanting to have um, it up up in the open, like. You know, you know what I mean? Like, it's it seems like there's a war out there. You know. Yeah. I think at home, like for example, if any of my kids came and said that this is the way they were, I would never disown them. At the end of the day, I brought them to this world to be my own kids, and it, it felt like they didn't feel that they like you know like what you've explained. Who am I to to stop them from feeling normal or what they feel is more comfortable for them? the the bigger thing is like why are we letting like other ethnicities and all the rest of it judge what's ours now in home yeah <clears throat> i mean when it comes to like okay there's a line here there's toilets here it's all that stuff that's what that's what like because it's at work man it's in the workplaces yeah you know that's when you're like okay be human <clears throat> first before you start putting on that pool of judgment yeah all of that political stuff I hate getting into, um, <clears throat> probably because, like, for me, and I'm only going to speak on myself and my own experiences and, you know, my own opinions and stuff, but for me, I, I'm, like, I identify myself as a proud whafafingi, and I say that before, you know, saying that I'm a trans woman. The only reason why I say that I'm a trans woman is obviously because, um, you know, the Western world, um, Whafafingi doesn't really categorise under the LGBT umbrella. So we've got our own Basfika breakdown, and that's the MVP Faf Plus. And that actually umbrellas, um, and um, it covers all of the other Basfika, um, oh my God, references of like Whafafingi, Whakaliti, Mahu, Akavaine, and all those other Pacific Island um, <clears throat> identities. Um, whereas the whole trans, oh, see, because all of these like trans battles and all of that shit, I fucking hate that because it's kind of like, it's the Balangis. They're the ones who have kind of like made it a little bit more political and, um, more in my opinion, they've made it a little bit complicated for us, especially with all these new pronouns. Like, I'm pretty sure you guys are also thinking what the fuck are these pronouns you know or the they thems it's tim and tams and zing and zangs you know it sounds too smart for pacifica number one yeah 100 uh, because hey, the, like, you want to try and make something complicated yeah like i think with us our like for the samoan you know our our uh, pronouns is like ia and or a, right? Yeah. It's ear or law or whatever. Oh, I don't know. But <clears throat> come, I mean, your heart out. Yeah, yeah. Your heart out 685 is your first language. <laughs> <laughs> but that's what I mean. It, all of that stuff <clears throat> that, yeah, like what you said, it was like, bro, we're, we're not on that level of using it like that because classifying themselves like they, them, and that. Yeah, that's all. That, 
that's where it just gets messy. And well, you like, you oh. two have touched on something about this topic. Like you you've said, like <laughs> you know, they make it complicated than it really should be. And and Steve, you said that you know, when the five rings come from Samoa. You know, they come over here and next minute they're bombarded with all these new things, like <coughs> these new words, these new pronouns, these new groups and all this transgender stuff. And like, hey, I thought we're just what we are. Like, isn't that like, yeah. keep it simple, guys. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Like keeping it simple. But I think because that's us as the older generation with what we were kind of raised with, like you're either this or that, like he mm. or a she. Or a male, female. But because the way I think things are um, going, it's never going to stop. There's always going to be added a new. Yeah, it's always going like there's always going to be additions to everything. Yeah, but so fast, like, you know. Fast. Yeah, but see, even like, um, for example, like pronouns, right? There's additions to pronouns, and then <clears throat> because of the whole LGBT, and then also because, um, sorry, and then like if we think about sports, you know, there's also a conversation about, um. You know, should trans women compete with women? You know, and because of the Laura Hubbard, she's the trans um, weightlifter mm. who competed with, uh, or like in the women's categories um, in the Olympics, and she took it out. She took out the, um, she took out the first place um, for New Zealand. I mean, yay, it's a win for New Zealand, but everyone was like, no, but she's not a woman, and it's kind of like, mm. oh. anyways. So how's church, guys? <laughs> <laughs> how is church? I've been to church since I finished high school, I think. Oh, I just came <laughs> back from church. So. My son's baptism too. It's <laughs> our annual event, one of those. Mm. Oh, you just came from, from church? What was happening? What was yeah, happening? Yeah, I'm got, um, so my minister, he's leaving in two weeks. Yeah, so it's so our congregation out at church is just prepping our Fatma Venga. Where we yeah, so we have to do all the ekongas, all the sores mm. and all that stuff. So that's why I look like this. <laughs> um, damn it! And I totally forgot about church, but all good. My next, um, if I come back on again, definitely, I'm Hello. gonna be doled up. <laughs> <laughs> you see, when Joe comes back into the country oh, too, eh? oh yes, yeah. I'll nice. I will message Joe and I'll um get him yeah, on. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But finish what you said, man, because I did watch that episode and I thought, oh, man, that's pretty cool. But to hear a big chunk of it was gippy, like, come on. <laughs> it's not pro podcasting. <clears throat> yeah. Um, I don't want to share too much because <laughs> Joe hasn't shared it. Um, but, you know, obviously when things get heated um, and you are dealing or you're going to have a conversation or try and justify something um, to someone who is completely arrogant or someone who is just not educated in mm. that field, there's no point, yeah. you know. It's kind of like, oh, you might as well just leave it out. You might as well just print it out on a piece yeah. of paper. <laughs> you know, it's so just use it as toilet paper because there really just is no yeah, point. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Well, you know, well, whatever happened on that podcast, whether they took something out because it was too controversial for them. Like, for me, personally, I think it's a podcast. It's not radio or TV. It's like, I think people need yeah. things out there that's different. And to be controversial, not on purpose, but to have, for conversations go go somewhere where it's going to be off, like, 
let's have go into like a a dodgy subject and get all heated and all that. It's like, well, that's where it went. You, you didn't mm. expect it you to, but that's where it went. <coughs> Just carry on. Like, let's see what happens. Like. I also, I also personally believe that um, that the reason why they probably cut it out was probably because they knew that, that they sounded stupid, <laughs> <laughs> and so it's kind of like, oh, don't want to put that on on our own podcast because if we put, you know, if we put it on there, and then we actually sound like like a gay bull. We yeah. actually sound uneducated, and yeah. you know, so. That's just yeah. what I think. But See, I don't okay. even believe that because I sound stupid all the time on this. So I think you have to put it out there. Just to, you know, put it out there. Oh, well, you're yeah. different because, <laughs> you're, because you're, you know, you're a grown, mature man, whereas they are all about representation. They're mm. young. They're only like, what, 21, 22, 23? Yeah. And to me, it's like, a, it's yeah. not like, I wouldn't be sitting and listening to about how to go to your family from yeah. those guys. Exactly. When they're drinking, they're sitting in their chairs and having shots and stuff. Yeah. And, you know, I think because, especially for this new generation, it's all about clout chasing, yeah. you know? It's not. And and as much as they want to talk about real talk and stuff, uh, yeah, it's kind of like you can give the real talk, but if you've got the real life lived experiences to back your shit up, mm. then yeah. it's apples to apples, you know? It, it, it makes sense <laughs> to talk about that shit. But if you don't, then yeah. <laughs> <laughs> See, I'll cheers to that. I'll cheers yeah, to that. cheers to Red Bull. Red Bull, Red Bull um, you better sponsor this. <laughs> so, how, how's your week been anyway? Like, what do you do for a living? Week's yeah. been good. So, what I do for a living, I kind of run my own service provider. This whole time I was thinking flight attendant, something like that. Flight attendant, just like this. Oh, no, how no. This is Bolonga. <clears throat> this is Bolonga because I'm a servant to the community. Um, so I run my own service provider. It's called Olelo for Service, um, Olelo for Services. Um, and the program that I actually run in schools, it's called Laulima. Laulima translates to um, many hands working together. And so that program focuses on the, um, it, it, it focuses on the um, educational needs for our young Pacifica Rainbow students who are currently in schools. Obviously, because taking my own experiences, you know, I didn't actually have the support um, back then to support my educational needs. Um, so shout out to the Ministry of Education because they're the ones who actually funded um, my project. It's a two-year funded pro uh, project. <clears throat> so um, with Laulima, so what I do, um, I pretty much go into schools, talk with the um, LGBT students of that school and actually um, assess what they need, how their school work is going. Not just that, not just assessing their educational needs, but also um, doing well-being chickens. Like, how's school for you? How are you actually feeling? Um, like, are you, like, do you feel comfortable enough to come to school as a rainbow person? Um, you know, do you feel like you're being supported by the teachers? Or, you know, like... All of those questions, because all of those questions are, it's important for, um, especially a my like a group of minority to actually go into a place where, you know, um, day by day, they are, they, um, continuously feel like they're being pushed out of school because people make them feel like they don't belong there or it's not a safe learning environment, <clears throat> and so with Laulima, um, Laulima is pretty much like a 
of all of the service providers to go into that school and speak with those students and re and give them reassurance that they are good enough and that you know my job is here to support you and even better it's actually supported by the Ministry of Education and fully endorsed by them so with that being said I mean with the Ministry of Education being behind Lao Lima and my project it um it say uh, you know it's a big deal it says a lot it's huge yeah it's, it's huge massive. it's yeah this is for high schools and intermediate Level. High school, intermediate, um, just those who are actually in school, um, who identify as um, as as Basvika Rainbow, and like it's a little bit tricky with that because um, a lot of the students, so they identify as Rainbow, but then when they go home, it's different because obviously they have to deal with their parents saying no. You're not that, you're not this, you're not that, you're not this. Yeah. But if the students know what they like at the end of if the individual knows who they are in their heart, then that's all that matters. Right. You mm. know. They don't need the approval or the validation or the advice from anyone else. If as long as they know what they feel in their um heart and and what's in their mind. I guess it's the guess it's the learning too, just knowing that okay, you it's rainbow here, but it's different at home. As long as they know the difference, say eh? like, yeah. this is what's going to happen when you're at school. This is what's going to happen when you're at home. Well, you know, it, it, it takes me back to what I said back when I was young and my generation. We home wasn't always the safe space because of what we actually dealt with. You know how we talk about discrimination and all of that stuff. We were dealing with that at home, you know. And then when we go to school, it's like yeah, we deal with the discrimination at school as well, <clears throat> but not as much as how we dealt it, um, how we dealt with it back home because of like how we were all together, how there was more of us in school. So we were kind of like, okay, we kind of have an army of us. So the discrimination isn't as big as it is like in, com in comparison to when we went back home. It's like one against 10. Especially being your safe zone at home, you know. Yeah. You shouldn't have to feel like <clears> that, you know. Yeah. But that's the reality of actually what it's like to actually grow up as fluffing or trans person, you know. When you leave home, home is supposed to be like a safe space. Sometimes it's not um, for those who are just starting out their journey. Um, but some, obviously those who who don't actually, who can't relate to that, you know, they're lucky. They're the blessed ones um, and the privileged ones. But those who actually um, have faced those challenges, yeah, they're the ones who can actually advocate and um, advocate and um, talk about the struggles of what it's like to actually be being trans and also dealing with discrimination and death every single day. It's not easy, yeah. Even like walking, like even if we were to go walking in the um, in the bloody shop, you know, if we were to go do our go our shopping, you know, that's dangerous itself because it's kind of like, okay, we don't know who's going to be out there and can target us. Like, you know, we don't know who these anti-trans people are. They could probably go shopping in the same aisle as, um, as us and then as soon as they, um, you know, figure that we're trans you know that they can actually just go off and start the attacks and stuff and so that um situation or that kind of place is not safe for us so i think just yeah have you experienced that, have you experienced that? 
No, because um, <clears throat> I've always just been passable since I was little. <laughs> Not meaning to relate. <laughs> <laughs> nah, but for me, um, no, I actually haven't um, experienced that. And I can actually say that hand on heart. Probably because um, I think with being trans as well, you've got to take the time and, you know, there's a huge investment with, your own representation and how you present yourself. Everyone's different. I'm just speaking on for me. For me, I I take all the time. I mean, today I probably look like um, like Letty right, right now. <laughs> <laughs> I just don't have a cap. <laughs> um, like no, nah, but I think with being trans, like especially especially when you're young, you know. That's when you're starting to identify yourself as a trans, as a woman, and then you you just have to like um, create um, and sculpture yourself into who you a who you are actually destined to be. Yeah, and so making sure that you're comfortable, you know, you don't have to be the prettiest. You just have to make sure that you are content and happy with yeah, yeah how you how you. I think what I've learned over the years when it comes to transgender, um, for me being straight guy, like I've never understood. You're straight. straight. <laughs> but I can, I can, but no, I was straight. I was just saying, like, like I've never, like you, you never put yourself in anyone's anyone else's sh- um, shoes, so you never know what they experience. But then, yeah, but then when sure. you hear the stories coming out, you sort of okay. And then you hear more stories and more stories about you know what you described being attacked on the street or being abused and all of that, you kind of understand now. Man, like I never thought of it. But because it's out there a lot, they're like, okay, they're going through this. You know, they need how do they deal with that? Like man, and then you think then I think now there's a lot of people out there that experience that and how do they overcome it? Because there's a lot of mental stuff going in there, right? So mm-hmm. it's, yeah. it's a lot yeah, of pressure. A lot of pressure. Just hearing you explain that made me feel bad as a parent, like just to be Ika, my 11-year-old daughter, you know, and who knows what's going through her head, like with whatever the world's challenges are as an 11-year-old. Mm. But to hear you say that, it's like, man, why, why why, add more pressure to such a young mind, you know, who's still, that's still being nurtured and growing? Like, yeah, that makes me feel like, man, I need to back off a bit, you know. But to hear you share that, it's like... Yeah. And I need to stop being such a slow. I'm just relaxed. I, I think the reason why I said because I'm a straight guy because I speak for all. I think I speak for all straight guys when they they don't understand yeah. what yeah. Trans, mm. tran, yeah. transgender people go through. You know, especially at a young age, like we don't we don't know what the stuff that you know happens. And that, yeah. You know? yeah. So when, when we hear when we hear something, it's like we sort of like um, let it be. Like oh, so what? Like you know, we don't care. Like yeah. You know? Yeah, that's all good. So, because even like, you know, for the straight guys and for the straight girls too, um, and like having these kind of conversations is really good. Having these kind of conversations is healthy because it obviously, you know, builds um, knowledge for, you know, whoever needs to hear these things because um, how would you ever know? you know, the struggles of a trans woman if you actually, like, if you're not going to just sit down with them and talk about their journey, you know. Not in particular highlighting their struggles because why do you want to know their struggles and not their successes, you know. So so it's just important to just talk about the journey as a trans person. 
yeah, because there's also like there's losses, there's wins, you know, and there's um, <clears throat> learning opportunities as well for trans women. Yeah, um, because you know when when I compare when you're growing up at school and then you now with the program you've got. Like, obviously, there was no program like that back when, in your days. Nah. Like, how much? Shadow. Yeah, yeah. How much can you see is helping with, with that? Oh. You know, I know it's a lot, but considering what's out there on social media and how it's all the you know the LGBT stuff in, in America and overseas, or the transgender stuff, that's it's sort of like been ramping up the last five years. You know, mm. with with, with the civil rights and all that kind of yeah. stuff, and yeah, it's it's huge now, and you can't escape it. You know, it's in the news. It's, I think, um, big businesses they get involved too. It's it's political as well. It's gone to that point where it's political now. Yeah, um, I definitely gotta say it's yes. It definitely has made a like a change the last few years. I mean, like. Shout out again to the Ministry of Education. I mean, they it has even reached the Ministry of Education in terms of the level that it's reached for the Ministry of Education to actually fund a program like this. And not just um, funding a program, but actually um, <clears throat> choosing someone who is of LGBT and the whafafingi, um, you know, Basifika world, to actually lead and drive that program in schools. It's helped big time, because especially because with... Our kids now, you know, especially with the whole suicide rate going up and all of that, you know, and then the, like, people running, like, like our kids running away from home and stuff, I think. Um, with Laulima and a program like this, and but not just Laulima, there's also other programs as well um, and other organisations as well who actually support the kids in schools and Rainbow Basifika families, which is actually really good because a few years ago we didn't have anything like this. Um, and then, you know, now with the things that are happening over in America and stuff, it's, yeah, because I think whatever happens in America and all of that, like whatever blows up over in America, it, you know, it kind of slowly comes over to New Zealand and then it's like we have those kind of discussions and have a reason to talk about this and that, this and that, and yeah, so... Where did the inspiration come from <clears throat> to try and put something together and pitch it to them? Um, well, I don't look at anyone else's experiences but my own. So it was my own experience. I was like, okay, like the Ministry of Education, they had shoulder tapped me. They said, hey, um, we want you to do something to create an initiative where you can actually help the girls, as in the LGBT students in schools. Can you think of something? And I go, yeah, of course I can. Um, and so, obviously, I didn't, like, we didn't, <clears throat> we didn't have a service who is um, specifically for um, the the Basifika Rainbow students. We didn't have any, um, yeah, like, support as well to pay for this and pay for that. Like, for example, the service that I provide to my kids in schools, I look after about 39 students across New Zealand schools and that's gonna increase um very soon <clears throat> with new schools who have actually wanted me to come in and speak to their students and know about what my what I actually do 
um, <clears throat> so for example, th the support that I provide is, okay, if I sit down with a student with one of my Laulima kids and I say, okay, um, you know, how's your schoolwork going? And they go, oh, not so great. Okay, why? Oh, I don't actually, I have to write everything down. I don't actually have, have a laptop. I have to wait for my sister to finish using her laptop so then I can actually type everything. And so I'm like, okay, cool. Well, I'm going to give you a laptop. So I buy a whole new laptop, give them a laptop bag for them to keep. They don't return it after the service. It's their own laptop. And that's to help them with their schoolwork. And so um, another student would be like, oh, okay, I, I need school sh um, a new school shoes and, and, and new school uniforms. Lolima provides that support. Okay, we're going to provide you that. Um, we're going to get you those new school uniforms, um, new school shoes and new school jackets or whatever. And you know what the prices are, um, are like for school uniforms, eh? It's yes, set of tires. Oh my God, it's like a mortgage. Yeah. <clears throat> like, no, it's not like a mortgage, but you know, it's so expensive. And so Lolima provides that support, even with like school fees as well. Uh, or even if it's courses, or I want to do a course that's going to help me with my NZQ, um, NZQA credits. Okay, cool. Let's have a look at what that course, what's that course? It's $300 to enroll. Okay, cool. Lolima's going to enroll, you know, enroll you into that 12-week um, um, course to help you with your school credits. And then, yeah, Lolima just provides that service for the kids so that they feel supported um, with their educational needs and also with their curriculum to help them because like we've got like what I think back in our days we had services academy we had gateway we had all of these programs that wasn't really welcoming <clears throat> that wasn't really welcoming to the LGBT to us bus figure rainbow students and you know we are quite intelligent we're very um um like we're very knowledgeable in a lot of you know subjects but the thing is, it's kind of like, oh, because you're a little bit complicated and you're a little bit feminine for this, we're not going to select you. You know, like that's what I think that um, their reasons are for not putting us forward. But yeah, hey, look at me now. I'm in schools um, with a program fully funded by the Ministry of Education. Um, and yeah, being fully supported by these principles as well. Yeah. You said the ministry t tapped you on the shoulder to start this. Mm -hmm. Who, um, are you allowed to go into like how that happened and yeah, and sure. yeah, sure. Um, I think it was just my work in the community because I was also because I was already working with um, the casting queens. So I'm obviously a casting queens Kelly Block. Kelly Queens. <laughs> <laughs> so obviously with the um, with the casting queens because I'm part of the second gen. Casting Queens. By the way, there's about, oh shit, I think there's like close to 20 generations of Casting Queens. And there's like 20 year levels of Casting Queens. Yeah, there's a lot. So there's like 60 plus of us. Um, and because I'm one of the older ones, I was working with the younger ones um, who are currently still in school last year um, with their homework. Um, because I was shoulder tapped by someone from Calston saying, hey, sis, can you work with the girls in school and I go oh okay cool so they gave me the issues and then I worked with those um with the with the younger castling queens and then obviously I was posting on, on you know on my socials and stuff um and then I think and then someone from the ministry of education had seen and then that's when they shoulder tapped me and they were like hey um can we have a chat so I was like yeah sure let's have a chat and then that chat 
spark into something like um, a business venture, you know, a plan. And then, yeah, a few months later, I'm in school. Well, and you were the first one to have a program like like the one you've got in, in the first whole program. New Zealand? No, 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 no. Not the first program. Um, the first program of my own that's actually probably f- that's actually fully funded by the Ministry of Education, yes. But in terms of the program or the service um, that actually goes into schools, because there's so many other there's other diversity programs that actually go into schools. Um, but I don't think it's I'm not too sure who their funders are. But my one is straight by the education, the Ministry of Education, and D. That's the difference. Yeah, I think. Um, can yeah because it's Manson man there's the fucking Manson right there that's solid because I, I guess there's other because it's a a Pacifica one right of course there's other ethnicities yeah that are yeah. you know um rainbow students like do they have, get their own sort of programs as well a different sort of program or they're just not part of nah they they're definitely included. I mean, with, yeah, even though, like, because the whole funding, it's um, to target Basfika, LGBT, and their families, um, I don't, like, I like my door is always open to the support, but um, to the support of other cultures. But I think mainly with Basfika, because Basfika is, you know, it's quite obvious in terms of, like, money, you know, Bus speaker families do need the support, so I think they are the main audience, and then the like that ethnic group is who I'm going to service mm. the most. Mm. Do you get any feedback from the the, the parents, the students' parents, in that? Um, <clears throat> I haven't heard any from the, the the mental health side of the things. How are you oh, dealing with being? Yeah, I think that's always going to be the case. Mm. The well-being. Yeah. I mean, because you don't want to be the, okay, providing the service. I have a rainbow student that's part of King's College, Pacifica. And then be like, well, he's probably the only Pacifica in that whole dorm of Balangi and South Africans. You know? <laughs> like, Help me, sis. Yeah. <laughs> I need you. Because right now I'm thinking. But that's amazing that what you mm. offer, what you offer. Like, that's that's that actually makes you feel like, man... There's someone like you walking around in the schools providing something like that, you know? Especially, like, well, would you ever, does it ever get to the point where, like, they're sharing stuff with you, like, maybe they could they could be offered, like, um, like counselling and stuff like that? Like, do you, are they that open, like, with any of the kids you've come across? Um, yes, they are open, but that's where, like, I have to be really careful with the advice that I give because obviously I'm not a counsellor, I'm not a social worker, you know, and in order for someone to actually um, kind of give that, like, give advice, you kind of have to hold some kind of degree or, or, or you know, like, so So what I always say to the, sh- to the um, teachers is if they, because obviously, you know, they're bus figure trans, I'm bus figure trans, fuck fighting you. Um, if they have any questions based on identity and they ask me, then I'm going to answer it as a as as Auntie Steva, you know, as their auntie. <clears throat> I'm not gonna give them any kind of guidance or, you know, like advice. 
Um, but I'm going to just speak on my own experience and how I dealt with it. And then if they, like whatever they take away from, from my story um, helps them, then so be it. But in terms of giving them that kind of professional advice, then yeah, I just have to be really careful with it. Mm. Just to be safe. It's a topic that's come on TV, especially when we had the podcast about um, was that um, the journalist, TV free guy, the surgery one. Yeah, the surgery one. Like how um, young kids, uh, like the the question was, would they if if young kids want want to transition? When they're still in like intermediate, <coughs> like the thing is uh, for parents, it's too young, mm. and and will support you until you're old enough to make that, yeah, to make that choice. But has anyone approached you, like at school, about that kind of stuff? Nah, no? nah, mm. nah, nah. They haven't. Yeah. Um. Only. No. Actually, no. None of my kids have actually approached because I think with my service. I mainly push for education, yeah. and that's my <laughs> that's my drive. <clears throat> like you know, it's not so much. Like I think it'll be different if it was about you know living your truth self. Then that's when I think that like those kind of questions will be asked by the students. Oh well, I want to get the surgery. I want to get this and that. What do you think? Then I think you know my approach will be different. But because my approach is mainly like pretty much my whole picture that I pitch is mainly educational you know, support and needs and, you know, <clears throat> things to assist the individual's curriculum um, in school, then, yeah, I think the questions that I normally get or I always um, am faced with, it's mainly about, um, it's mainly about um, educational, yeah, um, about the education. Um, the only time I will be asked about the identity and stuff or, when I'm asked about their identity is when I do well-being check-ins, you know. How are you feeling? You know, like, how are you actually feeling inside as a person? Then that's when they'll be like, then that's when they open up. Mm. Mm. You know how you got those well-being check-ins when you were young, like, with the, with everyone you hung out with at school? Like, mm. that, that was your own, that was a little small community, yeah? Yeah. You guys had to <clears throat> sort of support each other. So yeah. that was pretty much the... The chickens you had back yeah. then. It wasn't official, eh? Because it wasn't official until <clears throat> until now. Yeah. So sort of stuff. But yeah. um, how? Yeah. I'm just I'm just wondering. Do kids need to have that kind of support now, these days, having the having more friends around them, and and there's no support now. So that's when you come in to I to do so. to do those um. Those chickens. Yeah, yeah. A, 100%. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, because I think with, I mean, because your circle of friends will, in my opinion, and based on my own experience, helped me big time with where I am today. And it helped me discover what I need in life to succeed, um, to be successful and content. You know, so I think with the younger generation, with who they um, hang out with, because you can't give advice to yourself. You always need that one person or or whoever, you know, like your group of friends to give, um, to actually seek advice from. So I think having, the, um, like for the younger generation, especially how they still, um, how they all hang out and stick together, that's really good because I think, um, especially 
for a group of minority, it's important that you actually um, create like a a little sanctuary between you and your friends mm. if you're not getting that elsewhere. So does that answer the question? Yeah, because I was running like, yeah, because I was running because you're you're a service that could <clears throat> provide that too. Uh, like you you you're sort of like the eyes and ears now for the kids. Yeah, that probably don't have that friend support. But I'm just I'm just comparing it to when you were young because you never had there's no programs f- yeah. for you at school, <clears throat> but you guys dealt with it. So yeah. it's a, a a more of a generational thing where we're more our generation is more. Resilient now with stuff. I would say so. Than yeah. the kids these days. Yeah. There's more stuff on the internet, social media, and all that. Yeah, yeah. Mm. Like, like I would definitely say so because I think because, again, we didn't have these ex- we didn't have these services back then, and so you know I think, um, having this service with like for these kids it provides them like it gives them that reassurance and also the support because you know like the younger generation now they're always questioning, oh, am I worth this or like mentally, it's so like they, they do think really differently compared to how we used to think yeah. and how we think nowadays. So I think um, having that one person come in gives them that confirmation, that visual confirmation. Oh yeah, cool. There is that person one um, here to support me and assist me with you know my journey and stuff. And yeah, and that, and, that, and that's what fascinates <clears throat> me that we didn't need probably didn't need that when we were young. We but, didn't. Yeah. But the kids today need they so need it. <clears throat> yeah. And I'm just. Wondering why? Why is that? Well, why do I get surprised every time I, I see kids like str- struggle on stuff that I didn't yeah. even struggle back then? Like, well, I, like for me, I think it's because the whole like the power of um, social media. Yeah, it's exposure. It's, it's, it's yeah. so much more. Right? It's this. It's the power of social media. I mean, fuck. What we didn't have social media a lot back then. We had Bebo, and you know, but now everything's like freaking TikTok. You got bloody all these other stuff. I mean, these like, like, it is definitely a generation change because it's so dangerous nowadays. I mean, these are fucking OnlyFans, you know, and the kids nowadays, they bloody know when they are on TikTok and stuff and they're scrolling through. They're like, hey, this person's on OnlyFans. And it's kind of like, oh my God, you're, school, like, you're a bloody school <laughs> student. How the fuck do you know about OnlyFans? And why do you, you know, how do you even know about it? So it's, it's, it's that. It's just social media is so dangerous and it's influenced yeah, the man. younger generation big time. And that's why they're so sensitive. Like, for goodness sake. One billion oh. percent. Man. Yeah. Oh, even in the way, even the way <laughs> kids talk back to us. Oh, because they're so used to seeing the way it's done on, on online. It then gives them the confidence, oh, I saw this. <clears throat> Talk back but, uh, with a bit of attitude. Eh? It was like, come again? Like, yeah. excuse me? Like, what did you just say? Well, you just do the facials. It's just, it's just reminding me of, um, do you guys follow Samo Mo Samo on, on Facebook? Yeah. Have you have you seen, oh, there's yeah. some rude bitches coming up from that. I was like, are they getting hacked or what? Yes. Yeah. Have you seen them? Yeah. I saw the one of the, of the girl of the better. And he's and he laid one of the girls down, and it's just it's just the camera that's captured, um, and bumming her. Hey, oh <laughs> yeah. Yeah. but it doesn't show like the genitalia. It just shows, it shows the her leg. Yeah, it just shows her leg wrapped like up in the air, and he's right there. I didn't see that one, but I seen small I, I didn't see that one, <laughs> but I seen like a few um, of the stories on Samo Mo Samo page when there's like. There's like a woman on there with gigantic boobs and like big 
big ass tits like that. Did you like it though? I'm like, I'm like, <laughs> no, I was thinking, what the hell is someone was someone pulling the stuff like this up? Is he being hacked or something? <clears throat> yeah, I don't know. <laughs> My algorithm hasn't switched, hasn't swiped that way for some time. So. Oh. Yeah, I don't know about who it, runs. I don't even know who runs that page. I know that page is really controversial, though. Yeah, yeah, there's, there's so a lot of stuff coming there. I don't agree with it. Like, hey. yeah, yeah, <clears> like yeah, even some of the questions, like the point of view or whatever the post was, because I'm sure they posted up that the the, the picture of the Jesus eh, the better. Oh yeah, that one. That one. Yeah, oh, yeah. yeah. That's yeah. Some time ago, but I was like, "Wow, <laughs> that's gonna get heaps of." <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Mm. How How are you on on social media? I mean, do you go on much? Do you do you post a lot of stuff? Um, yes, I post on mainly my Instagram. You're only fans. <clears throat> no, oh. only fans. No, I got a church. I don't. <laughs> I have a job. Man, if I, could, I don't need only if I could fans, have one, man. I would put one so I could make some extra money. Only fans. Sure. That's like <laughs> that's how like a lot of people that I know or that I hear cash in. Like man, you got <coughs> a nice truck for someone who I heard that's not meant to be for rude stuff, eh? Originally. Like, eh. It just what? happened to be like that. Or- yeah, yeah, originally yeah. when they made it, it wasn't meant to be for like <clears throat> like porn and stuff like that. But it just yeah. people just did it. <laughs> yeah. Because I went from following people on Twitter who to were only like, fans. Yeah, to who went to only fans. <laughs> then we started posting up just give us a follow. I was like Oh, man, you some good content. No, I've got a favorite. Fuck that. I definitely won't do OnlyFans. I don't know. Uh, I just. Kapai to the people who do OnlyFans. Well done. <laughs> <laughs> Shout out to you guys. But Especially ones me, that get millions, oh, though, eh? <clears throat> people get millions on there, Yeah, but I don't know. I mean, oh, I don't know. I just think it's so dangerous nowadays. Like the social media, it's just, man, anywhere you go, this uh, there could be. Like, my only fear, it's not about, you know, the clout. It's just so much about the kids who watch. Yeah. Because it's yeah. so accessible to, to to the kids. And, you know, if you want to do something later on in life, that's, you know, either advocating for this or making a change to the community. Once you post your dick pic or whatever online from 5, 10, 20 years ago, that kid is probably going to be like, hey, you were that one who used to post mm. that. You know, you're going to have that reputation. It doesn't define you as a person. Mm. It's just the fact that that's part of your history. That one lapse of judgment. Yeah, and it's like, oh, my God. Yeah, it's like, oh, my God. But, you know, yeah. If, even even when, <clears throat> when people post their kids on social media, like, it might be an innocent thing, like, going, you've been your kid because he's cute, going shopping and that kind of stuff, like... I know people are worried because of that because people can easily take that that film or that photo <clears throat> and turn it into something else. Yeah, you know? and I think with me because especially at, like say for example, if I were to do something like that, and my kids like like my nieces and nephews, you know, if they go in school, I don't, like it's it's more of a protection for them for my kids because I don't want my kids going and say, hey, your auntie's that one who's on. Yeah, hey, your auntie. Yeah, right. because you know kids are the worst. Like. With their marks and what they talk about, it's and also with their memory, it's kind of like you know, and they're little, little gossipers, so it's kind of like, oh, I definitely don't want to do that mm. for the protection of my kids, yeah. But if I didn't have any of that, if I was the only child, oh, bro, I would have went hundies, 
I would have went, oh, yeah, here, you, you, you can have a photo of this, you can have a video of <laughs> this. Top of 100, then top, oh, top five. Exactly. Oh, no, I would have been top one. I would have been fully booked. <laughs> I would have been on tours right now. You know, fortunately, when I was at high school, there was no such thing as, um, as social media. But, man, I can't imagine how it would be now, being at school with social media. Like, how mm. easy it's like a photo of stupid things and... <clears throat> Man, if you know the amount of stupid things that happen at school, like people just remember, and then you know it just fades away over time. But th- these days, photos and that man, yeah, will stay there forever. You know. But see, it's not even about photos. It's <laughs> yeah. not even just about photos. Yeah. Like like our new generation now, like now the life that we live in now, fuck screenshots are the most deadliest things. Oh, yeah. I don't. Like, it's screenshots Like when you message And you screenshot And yeah. forward to someone else Like you know <laughs> Like back then It was yeah I got a photo Yeah I got a photo Yeah I got a photo But you know How can you take a photo Of, of a conversation Of you and someone To prove someone wrong Or you know uh, yeah. To to um, <laughs> to like make a statement Now it's like Oh sh- There you go There's a screenshot And then if, and then Going into that person's um, You know Because a conversation Can always be like Oh yeah no that's bullshit You know you could just be talking to yourself, like prove that that's the number. Go into the thing, go, you know, clicking onto his um or his or her mm. um the contact info, and then screenshotting the number. Is this the number? And not even that, screen recording. <laughs> oh shit! <laughs> See, that's yeah, the man. new generation yeah. of like technology. Yeah, it's fucking dangerous. Eh? It is. Oh man, and that's why I'm careful <clears throat> typing anything on any chats because I'm always thinking about back of mind. Someone can just screenshot this and send it somewhere, you know. You know yeah, you know they won't, or you know you think they won't, but they could. Everyone's got the power to do that, you know. It's like, yeah, do you want to have that out there that much? Like, <laughs> <laughs> I'm just thinking of my own actions. Like, mm. like you know, you might be just. Casually, like saying bad something bad about someone else, and it's on the chat there, you know. Yeah, that's right. Depend. That's why you really gotta know who your circle is. Eh? Yeah, absolutely, you gotta know who your circle is. But but you know, even that, you know, Jonah. Um, no, not Jonah. It was Judah. Judah did turn his back on Jesus, and Jesus thought he was part of the circle. So you know, that's why you gotta know who your circle is. <laughs> nice. You recently overseas, family affairs. Yeah, so I was over in yeah. Samoa. My auntie passed away. Um, Sorry to hear that. Oh, that's all good. I'm actually wearing her her um her jewels. Oh. <laughs> yeah, so I'm wearing her pearls, her pearl earrings. Um, yeah, so I was over. We um me and my mother went over for her um funeral. So she was sitting mighty from Samoa to here to come have her checkups. And you know how our parents, how our family members over in the islands, they come to New Zealand to get their checkups. Yeah, and so she came and got her checked up and then she found out she was sick. Um, unfortunately, you know, she didn't make it. But, she, hey, she's with our maker, so she's actually the one who's, you know, in a better position than us while we suffer on earth. <laughs> yeah, so now she's with um, her maker, but buried back back home in Samoa, yeah. And, yeah, thank God that's all over. Because, man, Samoan fat love love is eh? Oh, fuck. That's the worst. It's it's like a whole nother level. And that was like the first time in ages being part of the Samoan fat love love is in Samoa. It's just, it's neck level. 
it's way it's so different compared to New Zealand. Yeah. What did you find that you didn't like seeing it because your face went from or smiles? They're like, oh, oh nah, it's okay. So over in Samoa, if there's a funeral, right? Um, no, no, actually, I'll explain it here in New Zealand. So if someone passes someone, um, you know, you can just put a post up and just say, um, you know, unfortunately. Oh, 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 like, you know, those Facebook posts, um, just informing you all that we have um, suddenly lost blah, 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 the dates of the funeral and the dates of the family service. You can put that online here in New Zealand or over in Australia. <clears throat> um, over in Samoa, you can't because, well, you can, but if you do, then you've got the Magais coming over to the house. Oh, and it's like sui sui kupe. Yeah, they yeah. come with their koko and their fue and they do the whole Samoan oratory um, um, talking. And it's kind of like you give money to them, but they don't really. Oh, it's just, it's just really different over in Samoa. Like, but here, you don't. You know, yeah. like no Makais will come over from a village and be like, you know, come and stand in front of the house and do the whole oratory speaking just to look for money or look for something to take away from that family. But yeah. over in Samoa, man, it happened a lot. That's why I was like, it happened this one morning. <clears throat> um, and I was like, hey, what's going on? Is it a city? And they're like, no, it's not a city. It's just um, my auntie was like saying, nah, or kamanu lobo mai su su kupe. They're like, they yeah. And they were from Salilisi. So if you're from Salilisi, <laughs> <laughs> and those it are your uncles, not. then you better make sure that we're in a... <laughs> you better make sure that you duct tape them to the seat so they don't go from um, from a village to bloody look for money. But yeah, it was just like, oh my gosh. And, and then my auntie was like saying, that's why we don't post in Samoa. Man, that's hey. the family service and the like. You have to post probably the morning of yeah. the family service to notify people, or it has to be word of mouth. Damn, like, and that's why. And then, like, over in Samoa, like, I was looking at my auntie's funeral service and oh, her family service. I was like, it wasn't even that packed. But over here in New Zealand, when we have you know our family services and it's jam packed, you know, because of how we. How we um communicate it early and post it online early for our friends and families to make sure that you know they've got that time off. But over in Samoa, oh my gosh, it's all of that. It's the fear of Makais coming over to the house to do the oratory talking, and then you have to like give money because if they if they don't come, <clears throat> like if you gully them from the fangua, like if you say no, then they will come to the family service or the funeral service and do it in front of all of the Makais in front of all of the um, like the ministers and do it there and it's kind of rude to reject them in front of everyone so you're in a position to give yeah. so you have to give their money man I'm, you know I've been to so many funerals and I've seen it done so many different ways <clears throat> but like taking my nan's funeral for example my grandpa was the first permanent chief of our village mm. but what I saw when I saw people coming bring gifts or Coming to be polite, they came as far as like maybe six or seven villages away. <clears throat> but it's what they left with that I realized oh, okay, 
so they're not leaving as much as what these closer people to then we're leaving with you know mm. and then i've even seen it here where they've said oh the moment you dip your toe in danganoo you open up a can of worms you know? like there's no such thing as yeah. doing it half <clears throat> half fast sort of thing but uh, yeah but uh, i mean i think it's beautiful and it's and it's instance that when it's done like the passing of mats and then the oracles yeah. acknowledging those in the in like in the occasion but yeah, it does get far-fetched when someone so speaks from some village that's... Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, come again? Where? Yeah. <laughs> Where from, was that? From Salilisi. <laughs> no. Gosh. <laughs> Those are your uncles. You better tell them to go live in Australia. No. But um, yeah, but but even what, like with the whole Fasal Mostel, the passing on the mats and then the upper Elengis and the Pisa, uh, Pisa, the Pusa, Pisupos. Bro, there's so many. Like, I think, I think... For the Fatsa and Monster. But we had to deal with like a hundred plus mats. Cause there were so many Fifi Elves there. Mm. And then heaps of boxes of Bisupo, heaps of um Wahoo, the tuna. And I was like, Oh my gosh. So you gotta make sure that you've got all the hands, all the little girls doing all the mats and then all the guys doing all the lifting on the buses. Mm. Yeah. And I was like, Oh man. And then not just that, you're doing that under like 30 degrees in the sun. Hmm. And so, yeah, I flew back. Tan. I, I flew back in tan. <laughs> I flew back darker than tan. <laughs> I flew back. Um, I flew back black, like the colour of the curtain. Hmm. You know, one thing I always think about when funerals happen, especially in your family and that, like, man, it's so busy, eh? so busy the first week and until you know from the moment they pass until you have to bury them like <clears throat> you know you don't have time to mourn eh? like no time at all nah. and it no happens it hits you like later on eh, yeah. after they're buried <clears throat> you know and i don't yeah. know if i'm thankful for that like that time that an immediate time when you know when you have to do all the all, all the, f- the work and all that like to get them in the ground but man i just remember you know just have no time to think about being sad or think about it just yeah there's a lot of things to do yeah it really is a mm. is a rush hour especially because we moved um we flew her over so and i think that was like that's the, like that was probably like me and my family who flew over with our auntie that was the hardest part eh was actually just knowing that she flew over from samoa in a seat and then we're flying her back and she's in cargo in a, in a casket, you know. And so when we took off, we all, like, shed a tear. And then, but when we landed, that's when we all broke down because we were like, oh, man, she's home. She's, because she, because after, because as soon as she was discharged from the hospital, she wanted to, to go back to Samoa ages ago. She wanted to be on that first flight back to Samoa, but we're like, ah, don't bots it. Uh, you want to go over there and, like, like, suffer even more so she was like oh okay cool <clears throat> so then she stayed yeah um <clears throat> but yeah she yeah and so and so over in Samoa and you know you know how we bury our family members in the front yeah that was like man it's so much work bro because you know over here I'm just hi is this Waitakere <laughs> is this oh sorry hi is this Waikumere Cemetery yeah I just need a plot please and they dig but whereas here in like over in Samoa, it's the family who dig, and not just that. It is, it's not palapala. Like it's not palapala. It's, it's not the dirt. 
you got to concrete that. Yeah. You've got to put tiles, you've got to wait for it to dry, and you've got like only four days to get everything done. Four or five days. Yeah. <clears throat> I got a cousin that passed away a couple of months ago in Samoa and didn't go, but we saw it on the, they had the um, online streaming. And I'm uh, mad. Oh. They, they, they took him out of the. Oh, the, oh, the, yeah, the coffin, the casket. Mm. Yeah, I don't know that. I don't know that's yeah, what they did. It's a cheap way of doing, yeah, instead yeah. of buying the. And they just wrapped them in mats, put them in the yeah, yeah. is that in the tomb over in Samoa? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's what they do. So over in Samoa as well, they actually build, you know, the plot. Some, like they do that one, um, like they do that. They would wrap um the deceased in a siapo, and then they place them in the mat. Oh, and then they place them in the plot. <clears throat> but some of the plots as well, they build like little cupboards, like little cupboards and those cupboards are for um when they do an uplift in the next like 10 20 year uh, uh 20 years so for example if they put someone in there um and then there's a another deceased uh, and then and then like 20 years down the line someone else passes they do a ifonga oh no eh, it's not an ifonga it's a um Liu Kofanga, I think. Yes, the, is that the polishing of the bones? Yeah yeah, 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 yeah. And then they do the uplift. So then they open the plot again, they clean the bones, they wrap it up again in siapo, and they place it in one of those, um, in one of the cupboards. Like it's, it's, but it's in the wall of the plot. <clears throat> and then with the next deceased, they wrap them up, um, they put them in the tupper and then put them in the, in the, um, in the plot. And then they close the plot again. And then that happens again once those plots are actually filled. Oh, those right. little yeah. small. Because that's probably why in New Zealand they've taken <coughs> to the mausoleums, eh? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Instead of going to the plots. Yeah. Just in, just in case they're like, oh man, they can actually take the body back. Right? Yeah. But then it, it makes sense to take the body out of the coffin because they'll um, break down easily. Yeah. Because I've heard stories when a, a body can be stored intact for. for for, for a long time, like yeah. more than 20 years. Yeah, and I think it's more so of the the costs. Because, bro, you know, in Samoa, it's expensive. Funerals are expensive. Like, you know, I'll, like I think, because we went with, um, oh, I won't say their name just to, for protection, but their, their um, what's it called? Their, like their funeral packages was about 7,000, all right? Over in Samoa, it's way more than that. Like, I think in total, if, if my auntie were to be buried here, probably like maybe, uh, I think 20K, 25K NZ. Over in Samoa, our cities alone, the CL offers, when people come over with mats and their contribution stuff, it was 62,000. And then all the expenses was 50 something. And that's all the expenses of like the catering, the, the, um, you know, the male offers, all of the, oh man, it's a lot. It's so expensive over in Samoa. Yeah, I don't know how they do it, especially with how there's some of them who don't actually have jobs, you know, and they yeah. rely on I mean, the a lot of that's caused a lot of suffering and <clears throat> poverty back home. Oh, the, yeah. The ego and the trying to... It's the status. Yeah, it's the, you know, you only fear well than once. yeah. But that's the king of the rest of your yeah, living exactly. You know? And you know what's one thing I 
re- that really gets on my nerves is the fact that when, when the parents say, everyone's say, I mean, it's nice, like, you've got your good ways and you're like, like, you can look at it at a good way or a bad way, but I look at it as a, um, as an inconvenience, especially when the parents over in Samoa, like, you know, they raise their kids and then they ship them over and then they send them overseas and then get them to work to pay off their debt over in Samoa and do all the fight level of stuff. You know, like, I think that's kind of sad. I've got that in my own family on my mum's side, but <laughs> you guys need to sort your shit out. <laughs> um, but yeah, I just think, oh my gosh, like, you know, <clears throat> it's like, I'll send my kids over to Australia so then I can actually continue to live the life here and just, you know, I'm not even, I'm only like 55. My kids are only like 21. They can work for me. Send them. So whenever there's a fight, love you, love you, I'm covered because I've got the Australian currency. Um, you know, once it's, um, once you convert the Australian currency to Salmon Sala, then we're kind of all settled. Like we're all good. I think that's not like, that's actually, I just think, man, that's just the cheap way out. Well, they say the more kids they, the more money that's coming in. Mm. <laughs> like, man, I'm just glad that I saw my, that I'm so, like, eh, I'm glad that I just saw my parents struggle with providing, um, you know, a family, uh, and, you know, putting food on the table. Because now I'm at an age where they can just sit back and we give back to them. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah. I think that's a good model. It's, um, it helps teach your kids, like, you know, in life, there is struggle. It's financial hardship. And if you know it, <clears throat> yeah, then you know life, eh? That it's not easy. Yeah. And it's not what the milk and honey and yeah. all the cupcakes and um, Big Macs and you know, the high brownings. tea every morning. Yeah, I mean, you know? This is so expensive. I mean, <laughs> who sent these brownies over from Australia? Sponsor. <laughs> this is sponsored. The Queen sent them, actually. <laughs> But now that's real talk, man, like, fuck, yeah. You, you, it's like a whole, um, like the song, for example, like I hear a guy at church say, man, why does a whole cattle and all their beans suffer for one person's in their life? It's yeah. like, you just killed like 20 pigs and it was only one person that died. Man, and you know what the Tongans do, eh? Yeah, man. Oh, they go hungry. For the 10 days straight, that's the horse you I don't, like, oh, thank you, I'm Samoan. Because, <laughs> damn, I don't know how they, especially for how they've got waters, how they've got the pigs, hey, in the centre of, like, almost every table, and they've got, like, 20-plus tables, yeah. and they've got the pigs. Man. But that's the good pig go home, amen. Like, and you've got another 10 days with us. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I reckon. So, oh. But I believe, like, it's always in the plan, you know, if, you, know, if you come from... Family, they think well ahead. All that stuff, <clears throat> you don't need the boxes. All that stuff's living on your land. Yeah. You know? All the produce is there. You don't need to go and ring us. All you need to do is worry about us showing up and being there. And then when it comes to the envelopes for the ministers, yeah, we've got the, we've yeah. sorted. And and also just to add to that, but you know, thank God for life insurance and funeral cover. Because I'm um, honestly, what <laughs> actually, I was like, fuck my life. I don't know how these salmons do it. That's why. I, Thank God for these, for us, our generation, man, for we can actually. For reverse mortgages. 
Shout out to that ad, man. Whoever came up with that ad, mate. He can sort of a lot of people in reverse. Book your freaking flight to Los Angeles. But yeah, like even with, you know, our generation, eh? The things that we have to do to make sure that when shit happens, we're covered. Like funeral cover, for example, mm-hmm. you know. Oh, it's foreign to our parents, that's why. Yeah. It's still foreign to me. Mm. <laughs> it's foreign, I mean, I think I've always, I've always I, I interviewed Eddie about it. Eddie, to have it. Yeah, just oh. just just amongst ourselves, and it was like, what's one change that you feel like the the next generation would need to learn, and how they might, yeah, you know, struggle coping with it. And it was like, man, if we if we if we paint the picture for them to be like, you know, um, we did it up to a certain point, or like our parents did it, mm. and then they did it before them, like after their parents, they only got so far with how much they could do with what they had, yeah. And like it's up to us to sort of just try and do or navigate the best that we can just to make it, you know, easier. Because yeah. I've heard my own daughter say like, Dad, let me give you some money. I'm like, why? <clears throat> I want to be like, you know, be like the four parents. I'm like, nah, because I already done my leg. Yeah. Like I done my leg helping my parents and giving all my pay and mm. all that shit. Why are we going to relive it twice? Yeah, you know? exactly. It's, it's, it shouldn't be that way. It should be like, I've done my leg. Yeah, I look like, oh, it's really long, long night, cause yeah. it's, not, it's not up to me to do it, it's up to you to do it, you know? Then whatever you take from whatever was passed down through me, yeah. whatever, whatever you've seen, like you said, you know, you saw your parents, so it's like, that's the, ideally what you feel yeah. like, don't go through what I went through <coughs> because I already experienced it for us. <clears throat> so, yeah. But yeah, hearing that conversation, I love that. It's like, no, that's absolutely right, man. Plus in this day and age of, the um, the information, the help, the assistance and stuff. Whereas our parents came, it was like, uh, there's only one change leader <clears throat> in the whole building or in the whole yeah. country. And they had their own challenges, you know. No, I believe that. I think I think every, every generation needs to do better than the past. Yeah. Than the last. Yeah, yeah like, man. Yeah. Like, you know, we've seen our parents struggle, you know, coming from the islands, coming to settle down in New Zealand and work, and then us being born brought up through schools here and that and then what we're gonna do when we're at that age yeah, man. yeah but i think we're gonna struggle regardless because um <laughs> the the prices are just going up <laughs> 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 so, um, you know what someone's gonna invent a car yeah exactly but you know the prices go up right but people are still spending money and that's why and, and they complain but they're still spending money, and that's why the prices keep on going up. Oh, Reverse man. mortgages. Because, because if if no one buys anything because it's too expensive, then obviously the prices will come down. But until that happens, people are still spending. Nah, but what about the the um th- the prices of petrol? <laughs> when oh. it gets more expensive, well, think of it this way: when it gets more expensive than milk. Oh yeah. That's when I feel like Gaylor. It's three dollars liter. Gaylor. <laughs> let's go buy a horse <laughs> teach your dog feed your dog ride your dog yeah but it's see we, we're gonna spend more on, on putting gas in the car so technically it's gonna sacrifice something else right but we mm. refuse to sacrifice that something else we just complain because the price is going up because the petrol's going up 
and there's less money in our in our pockets, but we're not we're not willing to sacrifice something yeah. to to balance everything up. Instead, we'll just complain, you know. And I think it's all about lifestyle thing. Like mm. we don't want to give up some <clears throat> of our lifestyle because we had it in the past. And to say we can't do this now because it's too expensive, no, no, we can't. We can't do that. So I think people have to learn to to cook at home. I think it's a big one. <laughs> or just um, <laughs> yeah, I just what Letty said. Get a horse, get a cow for milk, and and I think someone has to steal a chicken. But but see, but but that's the mentality people refuse to have. Like we we can joke about it. Like get a horse, get a get get a chicken to lay eggs. But but the the message is we got to do that. We got yeah. we got to make sacrifices. <laughs> you know. And then, and then if everyone, everyone does that, the prices will come down because we're not going to buy anything from there anymore. And people are like, oh yeah, the, the rent's gone up, but then the shops will go because no one's buying their stuff anymore. And then the rents, the people that own the buildings, go, oh, we've got to put our rent down because the shop needs to be here yesterday is gone. <laughs> it just sucks to be us. Some days. Not every day, <laughs> but some days. But then that's why people move to Australia, right? Oh my god, a lot, you know. But is that the answer? No. <laughs> uh, yes. No. <laughs> yes for the nurses. No. Yeah, but that's the thing, hey. Like education, like, like you know, health and education. Like, yeah, they're poorly paid. You know, they don't pay as much over here. You know, it's, and it's, yeah, it's, it's really embarrassing. Bad. It's embarrassing because, because man, that that should be the priority. You know, you know how yeah, you, you know how you provide services to the Rainbow Kids in in, ter- in terms of education. Like you're you're giving them laptops, mm. giving them um, bus fare. You know, you're helping the parents out. <clears throat> like that is a big deal. You know, when the parents doesn't have to worry about a certain part of yeah. of paying something for the kids, then because it's been taken care of. You know, we talk about like you know, like things like. Um, more money into education, like that's a big deal. Like, you know, when we had the um, the mayor elections and um, official, he was calling oh, yeah, for yeah, free yeah. public transport. Yeah, I mean, you know, that's a big help. If you don't have to worry about getting somewhere because yeah. the transport is free, then that that's one worry out of your out of your, you know, <clears throat> the, the stuff that you're are worried about. Yeah, that's one less thing. You know, he's left now, eh? He's resigned. Uh, I think he's going for, oh, no. oh, for Greens, I think. I think. Oh, wait, no, actually, sorry. That's Ephesol. Ephesol Collins. Collins, yeah. yes, yes. Yeah. So I'm getting him mixed up with um, Alpizol. Oh, so you see him in the news. Yeah. How he had this. Eh? Oh, well, I thought that was yeah. the most beautiful yeah, it was nice. final sign off, yeah. Mm. As, a, as a minister, yeah, in Parliament. Oh, is he finished now? Well, that was his last opportunity to yeah, sign off. Yeah. Mm. That was his valedictorian speech. Yeah, that's the one. Mm. And he... He wore his yeah, tie. He was all dressed up in the Samoan attire, head to toe. Mm. And then they um, sang for him. Yeah. They did like a mini um, go along at the end. And that was really nice. Yeah, just acknowledging his, his work, his presence, and also his service um, to the community. Yeah. I love that he pitched the last part of his, his speech about fixing and apologizing and acknowledging the past instead of trying to sweep it because mm. he acknowledged that in his time while being there that the Fonga happened. 
Don yeah, Raids because yeah, yeah. he was part of the Don yeah, Raids right. and him being a face from Mangri that mm. anything is possible for any kid, you know. But it was a good wrap up to his end. Like yeah, hope 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 we don't fucking get a new government, bro. Because the second they come in, fuck, oh that <sighs> shit, they winch it, and may we make up a big majority of the working class and manufacturing and that. So I'd hate to see us be yeah. like, oh no, we're back into um. The early seventies again. I don't really like. I ha- like. I don't really talk on politics because one um lama lama no, um, and another thing is because I'm like, Ugh, uh, not that's not really my field of talking. But mm. from a lot of what I've heard, yeah, I get that comment too. And then I also hear the. You know the others say, mm. oh, "I think it's time for um, a new government because of debt and all of the." the yeah, I think it's debt. The debt and the yeah. um, the crisis rates in that going up, and it's, and I'm just like, oh. homeowners and stuff. Yeah, yeah. I'm just like, oh, I just don't know. Just make sure we drop the prices for this and that and this and that, mm. and you know, just making sure that there's more attention for education and um, for our our healthcare workers. Because, man, I was watching an interview. Yeah, oh, yeah, go, go. <clears throat> I was watching an interview on, um, just on Facebook. But I don't know who, I don't know who interviewed, I think it was Stuff or someone. Um, and they interviewed one of the um, nurses and how she's scheduled to, um, like, because you know how they, they've got the really shit hours. Yeah, yeah. the working roster, yeah, the yeah. week roster, yeah. And um, she was, like, saying she sometimes starts work at, like, um, 5 p.m. and then finishes at 5 a.m. and her fear is actually walking to the car after work, and um, because they're actually parked, like they have to park their car far away for free parking. Because if they park on site, then it's it's about twenty five dollars or twenty seven dollars a day. And she was like saying, oh, like if I park here for twenty five dollars a day, I'm pretty much coming to work. To pay for her parking. Yeah. And that was so funny because I cracked up laughing. I was like, oh my God, that is so true. Because, you know, if you do the math, that's heaps of money gone, you know, just on parking for our um, healthcare providers yeah, who are actually, you know, slaving away, looking after, doing the good and doing the hard yard for shit pay, you know. Yeah. <clears throat> and so I was like thinking, man, if we, if, if only they're, like, hopefully with the new government, um, with whatever they campaign and stuff, you know, we hopefully like, her, like hopefully we see a change in that for our healthcare providers, especially for our nurses. I mean, shit, how many, like, how many um things have they done walking on Queen Street and all of that stuff, mm. fighting for equal pay and whatever, whatnot? Mm. No, I, I always thought that if anything, the government should pour most of the money, taxpayers' money, into education or health and health. Yeah. Know? <clears throat> because we're we're lucky to have health healthcare, but just the added on expenses. Yeah, yeah, like, for you know, sure. Like going to emergency is like a hundred bucks sometimes. Yeah. You know? they need to act fast, do they? Because you mm. need to see like I think that one incident where there was that one surgeon who could only offer that. Mm. You know that the uh, elective surgeries then they had the ones paid, but not everyone, not every surgeon is a well-rounded surgeon. You know, yeah. Which is like they're all leaving because the pay shit. If we don't fix that, then we're gonna be like, oh, just go to the, be like the mechanics. Mm. You need an auto electrician. Oh, just go to the mechanic. <laughs> They'll fix it. <laughs> you know, b- because you're working for the Ministry of Education, like that's where you get your your funding from. Like, are, are you more like looking into the politics now? B- 
because of that? Because you know, change in government is going to affect, might affect the funding, or where they um, know, affect the program. Yeah. Maybe. Well, when I got this, the like the second round of funding, <clears throat> um, they said it doesn't affect until next year, which is when my funding ends. So I was like, oh, cool. Um, but yeah, none, not so much. Mm. I think because my main drive is actually just trying to use the funding on the kids. Um, mm. Because then I think for me, yeah, it is actually important that I do look into that in terms of the polit- like the political side of the funding and stuff. But at the same time, I'm trying to balance it out with um, like my priority in terms of, you know, making sure that the kids are actually supportive with, supported with what I've already got from the Ministry of Education. <clears throat> yeah, because I think if I dip my head, because I know with me, if I dip my head into one thing, bro, I'm like, you know, 80% and then 20% there, and I definitely don't want to do that, like, with my kids. Yeah, so I think, um, yeah, just go just go with the blessings until anything happens. Yeah. yeah. It, it, it sounds like you, you, you got the right idea. Like, I mean, if you're, you are producing... Results, you know, mm. and I think that that's what if we get a new government, that's what they want. Yeah, you know, that's one of the main things. Mm. They want. Mm. I mean, well, because I'm, because I'm a, pretty much like a sole contractor. It's just me who runs. I have to do everything. Fuck my life. It's so it's <laughs> everything. And you know, working a nine to five job is easy, right? Because because you're working a nine to five job, you just go to work, like clock off at five, and then go home, and then just you know do whatever shit you want to do. Go hang out with the boys or or, or the girls, have a beer. Bro, when you're working for yourself, it's around the clock hours, you know? The hours are shit. It's like, sometimes I'm sleeping during the day because at night I've like, you know, I've just finished a reporting or finished my business planning at like six in the morning. And then during the day, like, it's like, I'm like, you know, my sleep apnea kicks in. But then, and then if I'm not doing a school visit or doing reports during the day, then at night I have oh, like I will have a quick nap and then I'm back to you know at my station again planning for the next week just trying to make sure because obviously because it's just me so I'm the only one who does the like I do my own bookkeeping um <clears throat> oh yeah it's a lot bookkeeping business planning structure even trying to get in, like doing all the communication the admin the um the administrative side of it it's all of that and even like my events any events that I do organise, like I did an event in June, um, and that was called the Laulima Show, and that was uh, it was an involvement of all the LGBT Basque community icons. They were part of the show, and even the kids that I actually work with in schools, they were part of the show, so they came and did the performance. All of that, I had to put my producer hat on, director hat, writer hat. I did a screen play, a screen um, act with the cast. It was a lot, and then I had to communicate with the kids, communicate, and then I had to make sure that they were all supported in terms of their funding, uh, sorry, in terms of their outfits, their, like, wardrobe, making sure that, because I had to look after the recruitment of who I was, um, who I was going to get with, um, <clears throat> um, you know, to be part of the show. Like, the venue itself, the venue itself, it was at the BNZ Theatre at the Vodafone Event Centre, formerly known as the um, as the Vodafone Event Centre, but that was like twenty um, fourteen thousand dollars, fourteen thousand dollars gone on venue and um, the production, like the sound system and stuff. It's a lot of money gone, but I had to do that. I did that all myself, and then I had to make sure that um, 
I hired my own backstage crew, making sure that everything was sorted so that the show ran smoothly. Yeah, it's a lot of work. Yeah, and there's not enough working hours um, in a day. Are, there, are these shows like, man, I've seen some, com- there's some some videos on social media with these transgender shows in front of the kids that are <clears> causing <throat> a lot of controversy, especially in Australia. Like the, I've seen so many people like hating on it, like, like even the parents, mm. like they say kids shouldn't be 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 seen this kind yeah. of stuff. Eh? Is that that kind? Is that that kind of show? Is it? No, 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 no. It's oh. it's definitely not that kind of show. The the show is more of um, it's um celebrating identity and also acceptance as a fafafingi or pasifika, a rainbow person. Yeah, the show it was um it demonstrated about how. It was like pretty much my own experience over in school, how <clears throat> I wasn't happy with who I am when I was younger, um, but then when I got to a certain place, I saw, you know, um, a, like other individuals who were very similar to me, and we kind of shared the same journey, and so it was kind of like, okay, me and you are going to, you know, okay, I want to be part of this group to support me as well as support each other, because we didn't have, each other, because we didn't have anyone else, um, and we didn't get that support from home. So then, yeah, the the story kind of was based around that, um, is that everyone pretty much is, is, is like helping each other in terms of their growth, their identity, finding who, who they are, and also making sure that everyone um, holds each other accountable in terms of, you know, like where we go in life and stuff, <clears throat> and what we want to achieve. Mm. Mm. I know, it's cool. Yeah, yeah, so, yeah, it was full on, because I had to write the whole script. Oh, yeah. yeah, and yeah. then I got my friend as well, who's on Anki Pinky Ponky, and she actually wrote Anki Pinky Ponky, Miss Amanaki Philadel Prescott. She actually came in and um, cleaned up a whole lot of my mess. <laughs> 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 she, yeah, she actually came um, and and assisted big time. So she's so Amanaki. She's actually a good friend of mine, and she's also um, she's she's my mentor in that theater area or, or in that um, arts. Um, field yeah i mean like he's that person <coughs> that i turn to yeah mm. yeah that, we watched that day eh? we were going to talk about it on the podcast like on the <coughs> clip, but man that how did that how, when you watched inky pinky Ponky? because that, that's an old um play eh? back in the days wasn't yeah it? so she wrote it with Licky back in i heard 2012 or oh i don't know what, that time. yeah i don't know what year um but she wrote it with Licky. um and um, the first time I ever I ever watched it because it it, it was a theatre play first yeah 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 um, and the theatre play that I went to was um, it was played by one of my best friends and one of my good friends her name's Chloe Lamkam um, she's actually one of the casting queens she's the OG and she's actually the founding person of the casting queens back in 2007 so shout out to her <clears throat> um, but in terms of like she played the main character yeah. And um, it was a whole cast, like, yeah, Brittany and, oh my God, I don't remember any of those, any of those other characters, but yeah. Yeah. Do you remember how you felt when you first saw it? Because that, that, that's probably been a lot of the things in that play that was relatable. Yeah. Um, yeah. Um, oh, because well, I can't take shit seriously, eh? Bro, the whole time I was <laughs> laughing. Yeah. The whole time I was like, oh my God, that's cringe. Or I was like, oh. <laughs> but I saw the message, you know, but, and, and and I understood the message. I mean, if I was sitting in the audience cracking up and just and walked away going, oh, so what was that about? <laughs> then, you know, 
what was the whole point of me being there? But in terms of um, <clears throat> the whole message, yeah, I actually enjoyed the whole mess. Um, so mm. I actually enjoyed the whole play, and yeah, it was it was kind of like cringe, but but um, <laughs> but like you know, n- like really heartwarming as well because you know it's 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 like it's it's like based on true events. And it happens in schools. And so that's why when I was watching it, I was like, oh my God, this is cringe. Because I'm just, like, the reason why I'm saying it's cringe, not because of the play, but because of, I just look back at my own experience and I'm like, like in school and I'm like, oh my gosh, shit, that's right. I was like that too. Or, you know, I was in a similar situation or, or you know, whatever it is. <clears throat> and so that's why I was like, oh my God. <laughs> but Anki Pinky did actually play and write um, the truth of 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 what happens, you know, in schools and stuff for, you know, for Kalitins, by female trans women, because even to this day it happens. Like, you know, there's all there's like little love affairs or love little relationships. Mm. It's making matters worse. That was a Catholic school, <laughs> Catholic school and a Catholic. Um, oh yeah, yeah. And 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 in the in the, in the, in the film in mm. the film. Yeah. Mm. How much of the play was different to the film? Or was it all the same? Do you remember? Oh, my memory's not that great. Oh, actually, no, it's very similar. So there's a scene where she. Oh, actually, I can't remember the. I can't remember the play, but I. Um, yeah, I can't remember the play, but it is from what I remember and from what I can gather from my memory. It is very similar, in terms. I don't remember the part where she runs away, um, into the streets. Oh, actually. No, my memory is very bad, but uh, yeah, it's it, it it is very similar to the um <clears throat> to the to the movie. Yeah, mm. I thought it was it was good timing. It came out yeah. the, the the film, you know, yeah. because of what's going on around in society and stuff. Yeah, it's yeah. yeah. The film is a really good film. Oh, I just <laughs> I just wish it didn't come on on YouTube. How come? Because that's not YouTube. It, it needs to be on Netflix. Right. Um, and all of those other platforms, you know, um, like I'm happy it came out on YouTube uh, because it got the exposure. But mm. I think in terms of the credit, oh, it needs to be on like b- those bigger platforms, you know. Yeah, it, it is on TVNZ Plus, but I think it's on YouTube because other countries <clears throat> can't get TVNZ Plus. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So they can but you know, it it'll be better if it was on Netflix and stuff, so then right. the writers in that can get action, um, yeah. can get their coin. For you know, because what it's twenty twenty three, right? And it's just being um, and um, it's now on the big screen, or it's, it's like on YouTube. And that was written ages ago, so it's taken it's taken you know how many years for it to get to where it is today. But bro, if that was compared to any other person out there, they'll just write something in the next month. Oh yeah, it's going into Hollywood. Or, you know, those big um, writers and TV producers and directors will pick it up and be like, oh, yeah, okay, we'll make a film out of it, you know? So, <clears throat> and, yeah, so that's why I hope one day it is on Netflix and those American platforms, because that's where it really is, you know, over in America. I mean, mm. Mm. it's sort of like the first kind of film of that, of that L- LGBT. Like. Yeah, uh, not the first of that. Of of LGBT, but the first Pacifica. Yeah, yeah, first Pacifica. Yeah, the first. So like the Sioni's wedding of. <laughs> oh, don't compare that to Sioni's wedding. Sioni's wedding was disgusting. <laughs> you don't like Sioni's wedding? No. no? Oh my gosh, I Why? hated Sioni's wedding. <clears throat> Why? Why did you hate it? 
Oh, just... Oh. <laughs> oh, I don't remember a lot of it, <clears throat> but I just remember it was like so whaamaa <laughs> and so whaamaa ainga. Like, oh my God, it's... Yeah, but don't compare that to mm-hmm. <laughs> because um, <clears throat> you because in Inky Pokey Pokey you don't see affairs happening like in, um, <laughs> but it's, but it's but but um, talking about Sienna's wedding, it is actually quite funny because of you know the shit that happened mm-hmm. in the movie it happens in real life. <laughs> it happens in real life with the whole Onga Father Valia, and then you've got. You know, the affairs happening and oh. <laughs> yeah, the the message I got from Inky Pinky Ponky is what I was referring to before how I, you know, I, I'm not I'm not aware of what goes on and sort of shed light on a lot of stuff. Or <clears throat> made me think about what they go through, what what transgender go through, you know. Yeah. Especially in the, in the, on the school level. Because one thing that, <clears throat> that came to mind was it's just school. You know, it's like a, it's like a bubble in, in context of it. Or you don't really live life until you finish school and go, go to uni, yeah. or go, go start, or start work. You know, so all the anxiety, for my experience anyway, all the anxiety, all the school anxiety is just in school. And then when you, when you go, it's like, oh, there's a bigger world out there. It doesn't matter. You know, so yeah, just trying to relate that my experience <clears throat> on that to. To Inky Pinky Ponky, like it's different, you know. It's not the same. No, definitely <laughs> isn't the same. Man, I was, when I watched it, I was like, man, I wish I went to a co-ed school sometimes. <laughs> oh hell no! Watching that. Oh, ha- um, oh, well, I don't know about your experience. I mean, I think if you had, if if you, I think you would have been. Um, you would have had more fun at a co-ed school because you know you got a lot of fish in the sea and, it's, and, and like <laughs> for you, um, but nah, I think for for me, I'm happy I went to all boys school. Mm. Yeah, it was just really good to um, have relationships and a yeah. brotherhood with the boys. You know, even though I'm a proud, I'm a proud tra- um, for fighting a trans woman. Um, you know, the boys actually. And and Calston, they did not like like they weren't um ashamed to embrace that. I mean, do you remember Bring It On? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So Bring It On, the dance competition, that's where I formed a lot of my relationships mm. um with with the boys. And um <clears throat> they actually got to understand, you know, the Fafasing is and trans in school. And so, you know, I think they understood that we were just normal people going to school, you know, getting our education and obviously we wanna um, enhance our skills and you know um, performing arts and dance they were just kind of like oh yeah cool they're just normal people I mean duh you know <clears throat> um, and so that's where a lot of our relationships were formed and then throughout the years um, you know like the gigs and stuff that we had they were you know they were really supportive of us and it was a lot of the hip hop boys who actually um, were really open to having us as part of the group, um, you know, who really embraced us. And I can definitely say that a lot of my best friends nowadays, oh, nowadays, that a lot of my best friends um, today are still um, <clears throat> proud Calstonians and who were originally from that group, the Bring It On group, yeah. So shout out to those boys. 
Who's that? Is that Will and that or is that Matt and that? Uh, no, no and no. no. no get, okay. <laughs> I just, no, just asking because uh, no. when I saw that, they were, they're more of the rugby boys. Um, uh, but yeah, no, chop them. Uh, but the boys were Corelli, um, Jay, um, George, Polly. So they were the class of 2010. Um, mm. Yeah, and then obviously, um, like the other boys that I still say hi to, and you know, hey, what's up, bro? All of, like, you know, Ben, Graham, all of those other boys, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but they were the, yeah, like like they were my form, being the girls. <clears throat> you know, going to all boys school, is yeah. it like, what is that like in, in your head, like going to all boys school? Because... Well, so I'm thinking like it's like me going to all girls school, and I'm, and I'm a guy. Yeah, um, going to an all boys school. It was. It was. Fun. <laughs> it was fun. I actually really liked Mind it. Mind you, by two thousand and by two thousand ten, that's the um that's <clears> the main <throat> mullet era, where all the guys are straightening their hair. It wasn't the gel and the vest in the changing room because oh, this is what I heard back. The, yeah, the history. Yeah. He's a history. <coughs> the history. It was. And so, well, history yeah. would have been natural. And, would have been natural. Like and that. even like the boys as well, like before we performed for Bring It On, it was, oh, um, oh, can you just do my eyeliner? Like, mm. you know, and so it was us, Kirsten Queens, the class of 2010, me, Drancy, um, Isla, to name a few, um, we were the ones who were actually going, doing the boys' eyeliners, you know, and because they were like, oh, can you put some mascara on? Because they wanted that effect, like, the boys back then, they were like, oh, man, I want my eyes to be sexy for the girls. So they'll call us to do their eyes, to do their eye makeup. Meanwhile, mm. we're, like, going around with our $2 eyeliner. They're, like, thinking, oh, man, this is a nice ass. And we say, oh, it's Maybelline. It was, like, $35 for <laughs> Rudolph from the Sanger shop. <laughs> <laughs> and that's why a lot of them have eye problems right now Yeah, and that's why they're probably wearing glasses And some of them have sty Because, we, you know, we just go next person yeah. Next boy And, and go see their eyes Yeah, and so um, My experience back in school It was actually really fun, eh? I couldn't yeah. say it what was been, so man. Yeah, it was fun Because I was sassy I mean, I think all the boys now Who know me Who knew me back then Bro, they would say Oh, nothing's changed or they'll probably just say, oh, man, Steve is still, like, if not gone worse. But I was sassy. I would, like, you know, but, but um, you know, like, even, like, banter with them. I'd mock them, tease them. But it went both ways, you know, with the boys. And I think that's what really solidified our relationship was that I could be real with them and they could be real with me. And that I didn't, because they knew that I was the kind of person that, does not take shit from anyone. Yeah, I don't. But, you know, <clears throat> and with, and I think with the whole brotherhood um, relationship, they uh, um, they actually really understood how I actually really value brotherhood and also friendship in general. <clears throat> that I don't fuck around with it. You know, if if you're gonna call me, you know, um, your sis or friend or uso or whatever, you know, I actually take that really seriously because. I think, you know, especially with, 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 um, you know, being fat, 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 and trans as well, not many trans 
can actually say that they've got a lot of best friends who are guys or can actually chill with guys because of that whole stereotype of of um you know the guys thinking oh no nah, I don't want to be friends with her she might have a crush on me or you know that or or that um or guys just saying oh no nah, I don't want to be you know or like oh, no nah, I don't want to chill with her in case people think that we're in a relationship but we, you know <clears throat> just all of that whole stereo, stereotype um but I'm, yeah. I'm wondering if it's because of the boys school it makes it easier because when I think about because I went to um Waitakere and you know it's co-ed school oh, and I was like, yeah, yeah, yeah. But it's like, um, we knew. Yeah. And we'll <clears throat> stay away because they hang off the girls anyway. Yeah. You know, so it's like that. <clears throat> no, I think with, I mean, if not, I mean, we're in a all-boys school. And, mm. you know, obviously, hey, boys will always be like, ooh, 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 that's gay or ooh, that's that's fucking gay or whatever. But uh, But I think the boys actually really took time to understand and to understand us and our personalities and you know when when they like I think for Islanders I think or well, in, in my opinion for the boys and the queens we really kind of solidified a relationship through banter you know there was you know they used to and say, that's I think that's the golden ticket at yeah the block yeah, is yeah. like to have the thick skin mm-hmm. no, the thick yeah. skin and know how to pierce yeah like if you know how to pierce through the armor Fuck you! You're you're a staple yeah. of our, our brotherhood, because yeah. Uh, uh, really but I reckon like banter, eh? even if I was like your followers, yeah, you would have had it a lot easier than the Maori kids who stuck out. To be honest, because we could have, because like you know, like say I remember there was one guy, this poor dude Muhammad man, fucking everyone picked on him. Yet outside of school, he loved all he loved all of it because yeah. he said. Because I was one of the boys, you know, I was still one of the boys. Even though everyone picked, all the Tongan kids and the first thing kids picked on him. And they were going, man, whatever was he up to, you know? The chicken, the one to know what he was up to. Whereas I felt like there was a few that used to be like that at school, like Fafa at school. But yeah. it was more like a whatever, whatever. And it was just banter. It was just, it was yeah. more just pure <clears throat> banter, you know? Because if I ever, if we ever saw one of the castle uniforms being attacked and shit, it's like, no, 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 no. Yeah. Not today. Or even if someone was like giving the muckers that way, you all good, <clears throat> you know? Yeah, and it, it it really was the banter, eh? <clears throat> it really was the banter that kind of um, it was the key to friendship. Yeah, yeah. I mean, cause like yeah, bro. I, yeah, yeah, I agree with that hundred yeah. percent. Cause like the guys that I could give the worstest mucks to, the the dig, the personal digs, yeah, they're the ones that I'm <clears throat> good mates with. Yeah, like, to me, it's like those are the they need a chicken friendship. So ones. I guess that that's the big uh, that's the big um difference for co-ed school because the most feminine ones will just hang out with the girls it's easy yeah yeah and so because they're hanging out with the girls they're not hanging out with the guys yeah so all the guys are doing their own things the girls are doing their own things <clears throat> and you get the feminine ones hanging out with the girls so it's out of sight out of mind yeah kind of thing so it's you can't really interact with them yeah like, you know so we never had that there was never any interaction and so i think like just speaking about that i think that's one thing that the schools are probably missing nowadays are these com- um are these um performing arts engagement it's um competitions like back then our relationship with the with the girls <clears throat> so with the guys um it was formed through a creative space bring it on um and 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 i can probably say and, and i can probably say that on behalf of all of the other single sex schools, um, like DLSL as well, 
the divas, they've got good relationships with their boys too, where they're still good friends, you know, to this day. Um, and that was because uh, because their relationships were formed in a creative space as well through through um, Bring It On. <clears throat> and that makes sense with performing yeah. arts because yeah. if you're good at your job, you, I mean, if you're in a if you're in the arts where you're acting or singing or in a dance group or or whatever, like you're doing your job for the the next person, like you all have that sort of like, oh, we we are performing, we're one, yeah. you know, <clears throat> it's that. Yeah, and and it was also because it was you know everyone's just put in a space where you've got no choice but to dance and to actually you know um, share um, creative ideas with each other. Everyone just has to chip in, and so with that being said, um, it just gave everyone um, an opportunity to actually understand the girls and the boys as well, and then. Everyone just formed relationships through that. Now we nowadays we, I don't think we have that anymore. No. I don't think we've got. Even any. when you're at school, you don't see it. Like, no, when you're at the schools. No, it? like there's no. Like I think back then we had bring it on. We had raise the roof. We had all these other side community gigs, um, and that was actually led by um, the goat Miss Karen Leahy and also um, um, Lisa Hosker. They were the two women. And um, uh, back back in Calston, who actually looked for these, who actually enrolled us into these um, activities, <clears throat> these dance competitions and stuff, and they actually led us. Like, um, but nowadays, there's no bring it on dance competition. There's no kind of competition that the schools can actually be part of, and I would say that's probably where the some of the community fr- um, friendships engagements lack. Like for um, LGBT and the other school students. Yeah, that's interesting because <clears throat> you know the government they spend a lot of money on trying to battle mental health. You know, spend a lot of money, and the big complaint is where's that money going? No, no one's no one sees results. You know, and but I've heard like I've heard you know a big part of to battle mental health and all that is having these community stuff like you know the, the bringing ons and the Performing arts. Performing arts is a good way to get the community to come and be creative. And Bring It On was actually was actually built on on oh my god, Bring It On was actually built on um, the movie. I think, nah, <laughs> it was actually built on um, Christian values, um, as well as well being as well. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I think it, yeah, because like was. Polyface doesn't really tick everything, everyone off, eh, right? <clears throat> yeah, inside the school. Nah, it Plus doesn't. he had a yeah, the performing arts like bring it on, raise the roof, and that hip hop, hip hop, yeah, dance, the dance yeah. expression like in the arts like that. Yeah, like, yeah, and everyone like, can partake. Yeah, yeah. everyone can. Because I mean, like you know, like Polyface. Yeah, Polyface is actually a nice community community <laughs> engagement and culture, and it's, it celebrates both, which is cool. But say, for example, you know, the five fingers who actually go to an all-boys school, they're not going to dance with their shirt off, you know? Like, although they want to be part of, like, no doubt a handy, they want to be part of the Salmon Seavers and stuff. But if it's obviously an all-boys school, like Castle Boys or De La Salle, St. Paul's, you know, they can't have the girls dancing in bears, um, taking, um, you know, a performance to compete um, at Polyfest. And the girls are dancing, and you know, Bulikasis. It's kind of like, oh, that's that's when it's like, oh, okay, no, we can't have that. 
because could they change though? <clears throat> could they change though this time, this day and ever? Um, yeah, it definitely can change. Mm. It's just depending on that competition if they are actually open to changing the rules. Yes, I would have to relinquish the or single sex schools and go mm. um, mix. <laughs> go ahead. Yes, sir. <laughs> <laughs> well, funny on that because I'm actually part of Yasa's team who actually took yeah. it up this year. Um, uh, yeah, I think, I mean, even with um, Kirsten Boys, like, they all know that I actually went to that school. They all know that um, I'm fighting here. But also because um, my sister, um, um, Serona Awina, she's a, she's a Pacifica Dean at Kirsten Boys. And um, so whenever the Kirsten have their polyface group practices, myself um, and my mum, we actually go over to feed them every Saturdays. Yeah, their Saturday practices, we used to feed them. Man, they fed, they ate like kings. They were fed like kings. My mum used to do some pasui and alisa, you know, all of that golden stuff, and then like nachos and um, and mints. And then, oh, she yeah, she went hundies with... Like, even Kukulisa, you know? And then she did Otay and all. Like, all of that is, to me, um, they're actually quite lucky. I mean, back in our days, it was like bread and butter and jam. There you go, bread and marmite. There you go. And a high five and a hug. (laughs) (laughs) And don't be late on Monday. (laughs) Yeah, and don't be late on Monday. And if you want a drink, then go to the, you know, go to those fountains. Oh, my gosh. Where everyone's probably wiped their bee on. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> but you know That's the whole um, Grateful Grateful And you can actually see how it's changed From back then to nowadays mm. It's like man Sport breaks So right now What's happening at, at the school Are you guys keep, still keeping in touch with, with, with the school Yeah yeah yeah, yeah, yeah for sure <clears throat> um, Like I think Oh actually no I think it was last year um, last year, that was my last school visit. No, actually, it was this year. But last year's event was um, the announcement of the new oh, library. The new library. Yeah. You know what I love about that push is that it was inevitable. It was going to happen there. And even like when it was just talk, it was like, fuck. It was like, get it done. Yeah. Like, don't, don't, <clears throat> don't beat around the bush. Eh? Yeah. And that was, um, that was so bomb, eh? Especially because, um, like, so Miss Lehi, um, Karen Lehi, she actually served the school for about 35 years. Um, the year that she passed was her serving 34 years in 2021. And then, oh, wait, was it, did she pass? Oh, yeah, yeah, in 2021. And then, um, <clears throat> And then 2022 in February would have been her 35th year where she's, you know, gets honoured. Um, but unfortunately, she didn't make it. Um, so then at her funeral, man, she had a big funeral. Yeah, the, old boys, the, broke, old boys um, much, the old boys pretty much paid for her funeral. Yeah. It, yeah. it was such a, yeah, it was a really good um, funeral and... Even her service at school, I remember getting a call from um, um, my sister, Miss Awina, um, 
Mr. Nomia and also Spencer, or uh, Spence, he was the digital guy who used to work at Calston, um, just asking me how they wanted to set up the auditorium because initially they were going to have the service in the library and in the library was way too small. <clears throat> and, you know, obviously for health and safety, but no one's going to be, f- like, no one's going to fit in, in in the library, especially with the numbers that's going to come through tonight. And so, um, yeah, they call through and they're like, hey, how do you want the, um, the, the what's it called? The, um, the layout. And I just, you know, I t- I, like I told them what I wanted. I wear her picture to hang and stuff. And, <clears throat> and then that night, man, it just went, it went so good. It just flowed. Like, I think, <laughs> oh man, Eddie's speech was so funny. Remember his speech? How he mentioned about Miss Leahy and, um... You gotta, you gotta edit it into the script. Nah, I think that's, uh... <laughs> oh, oh, we can't talk about that? No, you can. Oh, okay. If you remember, but in my head it's like, why would you be saying this right now? <laughs> Crack up, he, he's looking like uh, like the affairs or the who was going out with him. Yeah, oh, okay. Eddie Eddie just went handies on it, and everyone cracked up laughing. It was so funny because everyone knew um, a Miss Lee that she was going out with. What's his name again? One of the students. No, no one of the oh. teachers. One teachers. of the other oh, yeah. stuff. But he um um he's the <clears throat> he's the um he's the wrestling. Teacher, Mr. Druitt. Mr. Druitt, yeah. <laughs> and so you know, there was that little love affair, and um, Eddie he mentioned it. <laughs> All the boys just cracked up laughing because you know it's in the back of their mind. Yeah. But no one's gonna say it. Eddie was the right person to say it. Nah, it's good he brought it up because you know this is one of the stories at school and everybody knows, but no one says anything about it, you know. Oh yeah. Like I've, there's some of those kind of stories <clears throat> at my school too. You know, not that. Same situation. Oh, what, teachers and students? No, not that same situation, oh, but things like that. <laughs> things like that you have in your mind, you, people remember, you know. So who who was she? Who was she uh, a teacher? She was the librarian teacher. Oh, but, okay. bro, I'll be honest, like, over the duration of, like, generations from, like, before Case Music, even to Vainga and that, mm. even to um, to Trevelyer and that, that's, she was, like, the heart of the school. Like, of all the... People who commented, like if you go through the old boys, Fred, mm. where it was like people were speechless, like people <clears throat> people were sending money from overseas. Wow, yeah, like yeah, for the old boys to literally pay for her malil, and then the rest of it be donated to a fund in her memory. Then the big push was the library's gonna get named after her, yeah, and it's not we're not gonna wait, it's gonna happen, <clears throat> but in mm. the next year, and yeah, pretty much we need to get Eddie involved, and then this one. Oh man! Just you relax. Have... It's already in the email, right? It's like, nah. I just want to fucking make sure you, it's gonna. You happen. definitely need to get me an yeah. idiot, and nah. <laughs> but yeah, the school was never gonna push back on that. <clears throat> Even if the board, the, the board of trustees was to try and push it back, it was like, nah. Yeah. You can't you can't have someone like that, that you know who held her status in well, these four weeks. Uh, well, because before she passed away, they actually had discussions of changing the library. To oh a, yeah, to I, I, that's, that's why I said it. That's why <clears> I said it. <clears throat> That's why I said that she already told me. Yeah. And I went and told the commission about it. And I'm like, what? Go, yeah, man. This is what they've done. 
the last board agreed on it and they already put it on Yeah, and it was, um, I think it was pitched by, um, by, um, the headmistress. By, um, what's her name again? Miss Trenchbull. <laughs> I was pitched by her and then, and then, oh, and then when Miss Lee told me, I just went, what? Okay, thank you. I'm just going to mention that in my eulogy. And that's why mm. what I said in my eulogy, I put her on the spot in front of everyone mm. and I know she went red. Yeah. <laughs> it's hard to sit there and smile and up front her. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, especially with my shady ass church hat that covered the whole... <laughs> Of the front row, and the, you know, <laughs> at, um, at, at, at the funeral service, and I go, "You listen up, right here, okay?" And I just, but man, but we all gave it a like in our um in our in our speeches, we all like <laughs> pretty much saying the same thing. Yeah. Yeah. But it's amazing what one lady could do. Huh? Mm. Like, <clears throat> in terms of like, I think bar wax, um, Sionilawaki is Maliu. I mean, our bold boys. Oh, yeah. But, like, yeah, when this passed away, that was, like, another... Fuck, I've never seen guys come out of the woodwork <clears> like that. Mm. Going back, like, to the 50s, man. Like, you know, oh, man, she was an awesome lady. You know? Yeah. And even... And and also the fact that she wasn't Basfika. Oh, but right. She, oh. But she had the <laughs> biggest heart yeah, for, yeah. for us. Mm. Man. And she was, <clears throat> it was funny because she wasn't Basfika, but her muku was. Bro, hey, she growled us off like, like a Samoan, Tongan, Muan woman. I just love that she gave me the, the space to go and wag. Like, you know, because <laughs> I couldn't fool out two <laughs> subjects. Like, can I just put down, I'm helping you put the books away, Master? I'll promise I'll donate books. And I donated like books too, like whenever yeah. I had bullets. I'll just go, hey, Miss, just remember that book I told you? They need it. It's from Ireland. Oh, they need it. It's from South Africa. Yeah. It's from Japan. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Talking about books, I still need to go and, and, and give my books as well to the school. Yeah. But you hired some books and then we'll give them back. Well, I'm not <laughs> just going to give any books because, you know, I can just give like like 30 Bibles to to. Calston Library and be like, here, here's my donation. The books that I definitely want to put in are the, are the books of like diversity, you know, right. mm. um, like Basfika, LGBT, you know, all the struggles and all of that stuff. And then all the, you know, the successes and the talents of the Basfika people, you know, um, mm. who are LGBT, who are rainbow. Those are the books that I'm actually looking for to donate, to put in those schools. Yeah. And then once it's in Calston, then I'll probably just make my rounds to go through to all of my other schools that I currently work with. Yeah, and that would be a donation um, from Laulima to those schools. Mm. Mm. And I'm talking about that. Where do you see us in society right now? Like, how far have we come, do you think, with, um, with, with Pacifica and Pacifica um, LGBT and all that? Um, we've come a long way. Mm. Yeah, yeah. There, are, there have definitely been some changes, <clears throat> which is really good. I mean, um, there's like, for example, like what I'm doing, you know, it's amazing to actually be a um, Basfika Rainbow in schools, actually delivering a service. And then also, um, you know, the the creative spaces, like we've got <clears throat> um, Amanaki, for example, you know, she's played a, 
she's written a screenplay and which is now a movie and she's actually played the main character um of a fakaleti you know and that's a love story <clears throat> and for the cast and also the crew to actually like the directors and the producers and the production team to actually pick up that story and say yeah we're going to change or we're going to put it in a movie that's you know that's a big like like that's a big win um <clears throat> And even like, you know, for example, um, Kamau Sepuloni, the Deputy Prime Minister of New Zealand, she's actually supported um, um, a lot of the Basifika rainbow events. Like, for example, um, there was a festival last year over in October um, where it celebrated brown Basifika pride um, and our talents and also, you know, our creative minds and and, and in a creative space. Um, she, She came and supported that. She was actually part of the opening for that as well um and she was she even opened um she was even at the opening for i think they call the number three um a theater space over in mount ross school um and that's actually driven also um like the creator um the creatives one of them is actually a proud for fighting a trans woman and you know she was actually mc for the opening and carmel um actually went to that and even you know Sammy Salsa as well who's a proud someone gay man mm. he's on television he's in the fashion industry he's like he's doing yeah man. like to be honest <clears throat> I had one of his pieces in my wedding and then to see him come out I was like man own yeah. it man like if that's you own it like be proud yeah like there's no need to be you know oh a hundred like about it. like Sammy and his younger sister John John um they're siblings Right, and they are proud Basfika um rainbow individuals. <clears throat> yeah. And then there's also um, you know, Mario as well. Mario Falmui. He's a director and a producer for Fresh TV. You know, he is doing amazing work. Um Oh my god, there's so many. I mean, yeah, there's a lot. Yeah, in terms of We're owning our spaces are and being yeah. proud of what we are and who yeah. we are. For sure. Mean. And even like the ballroom community as well, they're doing um, amazing as well. Like, for example, if I can name a few, um, JC Sanovasa, Felency Filippo, and um, Moe Langa as well. Those three trans women are, yeah, incomparable with what they do <clears throat> in the creative spaces. Um, yeah, especially because of this whole younger generation. You know how they love the whole ballroom and the Vogue? Voguing here, Voguing there, dipping there, dipping that. Yeah, so so those three, they're the ones who actually drove um, the ballroom community to where it is today. Um, mm. But yeah, um, car pie to them. Yeah, especially because, tra- you know, trans Pacifica, it's not easy getting funding and all this stuff, but yet they're able to secure that. Yeah. I mean, I take my hat off to, the, to them, to them three, to everyone that I've just previously mentioned. Mm. <clears throat> I think the whole struggle with LGBT and, and, and society and stuff, like, it all comes down to one thing, and that's, I think that's just being proud of who you are, like being mm. being yourself. It's a, big, <clears throat> it's a big deal for anybody, not, yeah. not, not just them, like anybody, because... Man, I remember when I was at school, like, just being that guy that wants to impress other people all the time, you know, just want to be someone else because yeah. it might affect what people thought about you. And and, and that would take its toll, man, you know? Yeah. And it's not like coming to this day and age where social media, even being on the podcast and all that, 
you know, for as, for as, for as long as we have. Like, it's the opposite to how I thought um, it was about, like, not being yourself. Because you have to be yourself. Yeah. You know? Oh, yeah, you if have you, to. If you're in a podcast, you, you just can't hide from trying to yeah. trying to pretend to be someone else. You can't hide. Cause, yeah. And I think what's good about, I think with social media, how we talked about how social media is a big influence to the kids. Like, yeah, you can you can you can be on TikTok and and do a dance and do skits, but yeah, but <clears throat> to really get respect, it's being yourself. Yeah, for you know? sure. And even um, you know, touching base on on that on being yourself. Yeah, the sit like the person who's sitting in front of you both is actually myself. I mean, I'm in a Calston boys. <laughs> I'm in a Calston basketball. You know, the Calston basketball shorts. Did you design these? No, no, I didn't oh. I think these were the levers, the levers gears, and then you know I'm just in no makeup. My hair's not even done. <laughs> uh, you know I'm just in comfy clothes. Came from church. Oh, see, God is so good. And then mm. I'm going to church after this to go and fulfill all of my duties. This is me. This mm. is this mm. is really me. If I actually came and you know doled up and stuff, I'm obviously coming as a character. And then I'd be like, oh, you know, um, so <laughs> I just want to say hi. <laughs> Yeah. Sorry, my but, limousine got stuck up the road <laughs> trying to do a user. Oh, sorry, my Uber driver um just was just hitting on me. So obviously, you know, I just had to fix my hair. No, but but no, yes, you're right in terms of um a podcast and you know being yourself and stuff. This is me. This is really like this is who I am. Me being me, vulnerable and being open. I mean, regardless of where I go in life, if people ask me a question, I'm gonna give them my own true opinion. You know, my thoughts like. Like for me, I'm a big believer in being transparent. And like, yeah, being transparent. And because, fuck, if you want to fix things or you want to make some changes to, um, you know, the community, like in our communities, then you got to be transparent with the issues and stuff. And I think that's just, you just got to be transparent. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, yeah, you know, talk about it. Yeah, because I I guess I was speaking to people that are um, uh, ignorant. Mm. Those people, because what they don't understand is that the person that they're ignorant to are being themselves. Yeah, and if you can't be yourself, then well, then what are you? Mm. Like, okay, you you don't like someone because you don't agree with what they think and what they believe in. Yeah, because your beliefs are are different. Yeah, but they don't appreciate that that other person is being themselves. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like you, you're yourselves by being you're yourself because you have different ideas, mm. and 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 that's cool. Yeah, and that's being transparent to the person on the other side. Yeah, you know, if everybody was transparent, then everybody will know where where you stand. Yeah, and I thought like I think with also being transparent, like what um what goes well with being transparent is actually being understanding as well. Because obviously everyone's got, you know, different opinions. I mean, for example, if we were to vote for, like, you know, who we want to be as the new um, government, we'll probably all have different votes, you know. But I think being able to share and talk about that and then just understanding, you know, um, each other's and being respectful, you know, like, I think that's all good. It shouldn't, it shouldn't um, be ugly or messy if you can actually respect one another, um, um, each other's, you know, um, opinions or point of views, 
and then just being able to understand where they're coming from. But you don't necessarily have to like, you know, be in agreement with them and be like, oh yeah, true, thanks, you're, you know, I'm going to convert. If you do convert, then all good. But if you don't, then, yeah. <laughs> you know. Because I think on the other side of that, other side of that, there's people are not transparent because they're scared of people not agreeing with what they say. Yeah, you know, I, and and that's <clears> a <throat> and that's um, it's important not to not to be scared of that because yeah. there are going to be people that don't agree with you. You got to know that. You yeah. have to know that your opinion is going to mean something. Yeah. To fifty percent of the people out there, and other fifty percent gonna yeah. gonna mean something to them by. No, you're not right. But mm. how would you know until you put it out there? Yeah, exactly. But you know, a part of that, like, like part of that as well, is also with how they deliver it. Because you can come across as a as a gay bull, or come across as you know someone who's just a strong like believer of of why they are with this party or or whatever it is you know that they're uh, that they're talking about. Because I think like um, a lot of people just in general can actually just share their views on anything but but and um but how they deliver it it's like they're preaching to try and convert them um like i think when they convey the message it's like they're trying yeah like they are trying to lead their thoughts you have to have an open mind yeah you have to like you know if they say no 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 you're wrong or or no that's not how you should see it or whatever then obviously that person has an intention to try and you know um, and, and this is why I don't. I, I probably don't trust anyone that sticks to one. If you know, if we're talking about the elections, I don't trust mm. anyone that sticks to one one party f- for their whole life. Oh yeah, because <laughs> yeah, because they're gonna be different. They're gonna disappoint you. Yeah, one for sure. In one term, and what are you gonna do then? You're gonna still stick with them because they they mm. did something wrong. You didn't agree agree with that time. Yeah, you know. <clears throat> so I'm I'm always the type of guy that okay. Who I'm gonna vote for this time? Who's got the best stuff for me to, mm. <laughs> you know? Who's got the best policies right now? Yeah. And especially, you know, like you definitely want to have a look into those parties who you feel like you're gonna get more opportunities from. Oh yeah, brighter yeah. future is what we all want, isn't it? Yeah. yeah. I'm still clear, like crystal me. But the thing I've heard is like this country's going down. That's what I've been hearing. Like yeah, we talked about it before, like. The price is going up. You know, it hasn't even changed. It hasn't even. I feel like we're only sort of just trying to catch up <clears throat> with the rest of the world. I reckon. In, in, in some parts of like our working. Well, life, we're staying in the same place. We're not yeah, moving. Like we haven't, yeah, moved forward. We haven't moved forward, eh? yeah. Mm. We're just in the same place. <clears throat> and that needs to change. So. Yeah. That's awkward silences. <laughs> Do you guys have any other questions? I'm sure you have anything else. Um, something else that is burning down inside you. You just want to ask. Do you have anything to say? Like, do you have any? <clears throat> nah. To say? Um, other than just saying thanks for having me on. Yeah, it's been nice. Um, yeah, shot for reaching out because. Let's be honest, not many of Fafafis or trans women are actually um, being offered um, a seat at the table. Why like, is that, you think? Is it because people are scared to know answers to questions? Nah. They I ask or like, afraid I to know. ask? I just think, oh, I don't know why that is. Um, is it a touchy subject these days? No, nah, I just think it's just... Um, you know, lack of 
I think it's just a lack of that person's network, you know, and also talking about, um, like the host, for example, like the host can reach out to to anyone and everyone, but I think to really be a game changer in in your podcast or whatever. Um, is getting someone from another community and talking about the issues and the struggles and the you know the the um, the journey of that person. Um, but yeah, I think it's I mean because because knows me through school. Um, I just don't know about the other podcasts as well, like the other hosts and stuff. I don't know if they know anyone who's of trans or. But not just that. It's I think um, if they are open to having that because sometimes depending on what the audience, on who their audience, you know, like like who their target audience is, if they feel like they're bringing this person in, but it's not going to benefit the audience, or it's probably going to, you know, like the um, the views or the listening is going to go down because they brought this person in, then that could probably be um, a reason as to why. Reason. Mm. Yeah. <clears throat> so I'm not too sure what the reason is, but yeah. Do, do you think it's important that there's more, there's more podcasts out there talking about the issues that you you've um described. Yeah, I would say. I mean, it's all about opportunities, right? I'm looking forward to the return when you bring Jaron to unpack that go, oh. that conversation. Yeah, I mean, we have to do it over drinks. Or, Joe, Joe is definitely <clears throat> Joe is definitely good with you know talking about these these issues and stuff, and because Joe's mainly you know he's mainly in that industry. Um, so Joe has a fair, like in the um, television industry, so he has a fair idea of the gaps and, mm-hmm. you know, and, and um, you know, what needs to happen. But but, but again, I think definitely with um, <clears throat> the trans and the five fingers, definitely needs to be more um, opportunities for us. But then again, it all depends on on who you approach because... They're different, know. some are different. Some are yeah, some are different. Some are not open to actually talk about, you know, this and that. Because mm. um, obviously everything is, you know, with the whole microphone and the camera and everything, the lights and the action and the salmon flag over there. It's kind of like, you know, some of the girls... The pressure. Are, yeah, <laughs> so, like some of the girls probably feel like, you know, they're put in a position where they have to talk about these things, but they're not, they're not open to talk about it with their own families. So it's kind of like, why... Right. Yeah, so why do they want to be on a... Um, why do they want to discuss um, certain things in a podcast when they mm. can't even talk to their closest best friend or yeah, their sister about see, it? So it's kind of like that. See, that's perspective that I would never yeah, see, that's, yeah, bite off yeah. and <laughs> understood. No, yeah, true, true. It's so like I said go, before. Right? It's like that's why before. it's Pacifica point of you know, perspective, man. And it's like, I mean, I'm not going to sit here and listen to a violin you talk about it. Like, yeah. okay. But, but that's no, what I said that's... I was talking about before. Like, I don't understand. So, I, see, I wouldn't. I can't put myself in your shoes, and you saying that you know how can we talk when we don't even talk about this to our family? Like, yeah, mm. and I oh sure I never knew that. Like, see, yeah. I never put myself in the <laughs> shoes, you know. So oh, see, so you learned other things. Today. Yeah, oh, I'm learning yeah. heaps. I'm learning yeah. a lot. You know? Yeah, but you know, it's because part like the hard part of your job is your recruitment, is who you actually want on 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 you know on your um like on your podcast. Because it's those things that you've got to take into account. Are they the same people who actually have that heart to heart with their mum and dad or they, you know, talk about those issues with their sisters or their best friends? 
but yeah, you want them to come on the podcast and talk about that, and it's kind of like, and then when it, and then when they, and then when it's live or publish, they're probably like thinking, oh my gosh, I didn't even talk to my parents about this, and it's gone up to the whole world, you know, yeah. it's those things. <laughs> so you just have to be mind, like, like I know that's the hard thing about your job is just trying to be mindful of the, of, of who you actually come on, especially when the topic is is about. Sex and and sexuality, yeah, because that's a taboo subject yeah. on any someone, song yeah. and family. You know, that's that's a taboo thing, and to talk about it openly, you know, if yeah. record it and put it on YouTube and stuff, yeah. it's like that's different. You know, I mean, if we were to have that uh, that topic, if we were to talk about that topic today, bro, that's easy. I mean, because I think my whole family know. Like, I mean, my mom says it. She goes. <laughs> <laughs> like she says in someone she's like, I'm not a second, we'll live I'm feel fine out. Like, you know? And so and so my mum because I always joke about my mum <clears throat> I always joke about it with my mum. I always go, Oh my gosh, oh my gosh, I'm like, you know, I always oh, say, Oh yeah. my gosh, she's so hot. <laughs> oh my gosh, I would so make him my baby daddy. Like I like I like but that's my relationship with my mother is mm. is I can banter like that and she just laughs and just sits. Sometimes she just encourages me, which is not good. I mean, like, fuck, I even go, I fucking go handy. I'm like, mom, what are you doing? Fuck. You know? But then, and then with me and my siblings, like, you know, like, uh, <laughs> like my, like the banter that I have with my siblings, because we're really close. I'm really close to my, with, with my siblings. <clears throat> and they're always so supportive. Like, I think after we talk about like, oh my gosh, I'm sick. They're like, oh, are you feeling okay? I'm like, yeah, I'm pregnant. I don't know who the dad is. You know, like, I'll make jokes like that. Mm. And then, you know, my siblings will probably have a laugh and they'll be like, oh, good luck on that. I don't know. Oh, oh that poor guy. No. Or, you know? <laughs> yeah. So I'm because, really open with my family. Because, you know, when when we, it's, <laughs> it's obvious that the first struggle <clears throat> is identity mm-hmm. and how to fit in. Mm-hmm. And then when you're older, the next struggle would be having a partner. Like, what is that? How is that a struggle? Like, you know, like, same. Um, <clears throat> yeah. Um, well, again, I can only speak on my experience, but I know a lot of the, some girls mm. can probably relate to this, especially because when we get older, <clears throat> you know, we experience the whole dating life and stuff. And so the dating life for trans women or for fighting is so easy. You know, we can just walk here, there, and then it's like, and then, uh. <laughs> but then the, it's, 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 it's the crossover to actually having a dinner or having a lunch with the person that we want to be in a relationship with out in the open. We can, like, we're comfortable with that. We can do that. But, are they comfortable? Is it reciprocated? Is that same energy, you know, <clears throat> is he feeling the same? Is he open enough to go out and have dinner with us? And, you know, having an intimate, um, um, like having a, um, yeah, an intimate dinner out in the open. That is what we actually face with, where it's a lot on the um, it doesn't happen side because of that, because of, the fear of their masculinity, their image of what they think, of what people think of them. That's what is holding them back. But bro, after hours, like 9pm, bro, it's like, what are you doing? Or or we get that red flag text up to, 
you know, that's what they text to us. Um, or like that's like those are the messages they send us up to. What are you doing tonight? You know, it's like okay, they they will make time for us after hours, but when it's during the hours of like, you know, going out to do your shopping or going to get some food, <clears throat> when the sun's up, that's when it's like, oh no, can't, you know, because of their whole image, yeah, and that's this, uh, um, that's the struggles that um trans women face or for fighting is. Here in New Zealand, but fuck up in Samoa. Oh fuck your yeah. You have sex with someone, and then the next day you're in a relationship. You're like engaged, yeah. and you're eating at Bingakis. <laughs> because how how would you how would you overcome that? Because I think we've we've gone so far with the identity thing these yeah. days because it's starting to get accepted mm. yeah, with what's going on. But how do you get past that struggle with the relationship? Well, Especially in New Zealand. Yeah, I mean, well, for me, I think it really just comes down to what love is. Like, right. you know, like, what is love? Like, love. Like, uh, like love conquers all. Yeah. Including what, In, what other, other people think. Yeah, including <laughs> discrimination and judgment, yeah, you yeah, know? Because, yeah. like, with love, especially being reciprocated from, um, you know, a heterosexual man, a straight man, because... They're always going to have at the back of their mind, oh, fuck, well, you know, what's my, like, what are my boys going to think? What am I, um, you know, what's my church going to think? Most importantly, what's my family going to think, you know? So I think um, having that discussion with the person that you love who identifies as straight and then um, it's, it's actually just giving them that reassurance or, or like trying to <clears throat> um, help build their confidence to you know, tell them to to not give a fuck. But then again, even doing that, you shouldn't have to. Because if that person really loves you for you and not give a fuck, yeah. then, you know, carpi, mister, like you shouldn't really have that um that conversation. If he knows what he if he knows what he wants, then fuck all, you know. Uh, uh, like no one's approval matters no one's opinion matters and all of that stuff <clears throat> so i think it really just comes down to the person on how they actually look at love and how they actually um see what um think of love yeah mm. are this are there is there a, a good story out there with, with, with that perfect situation do you know? Of? Uh, yeah, there's heaps. Oh yeah, yeah. So is, there is um, <clears throat> yeah. light at the end of the tunnel, I guess. There, there, there definitely is light at the end of the tunnel. Like there's been so many success stories, um, with fafafing is in open relationships or in relationships that are out in the open, <clears throat> but that is the main story. Like that is the happy ending, but before all of that, it's. You're the girl in the closet. Like you're the, you're the, um, you're the, the night girl. You know, you're the kept a secret girl. Yeah. So trans woman or fafafingi who um, obviously want to be in a relationship, they have to go through all of that to get to the, you know, to their happy ending. And yeah, it's like it's 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 not a walk through the park it's like you're yeah. fucking walking through a cyclone 
Yeah, imagine it would yeah, be a commissionally <clears throat> and stuff. Yeah, yeah. But I agree with you, man. Like you know, love is love. Like mm. the connection. Like I could imagine, like a married man being unhappy with what he has at home and just being, you know, parked, never being heard and stuff. And sometimes that connection be online, mm. be it a guy or a, a lady or whoever, and then finally meeting them. Sometimes all of that stuff doesn't matter. Yeah, you know. And you see it like the catfishes and stuff. Oh, yeah, but I feel that's... like, man, no, you're right. I feel, I feel personally like, yeah, <clears throat> that's true, man. Yeah, love is the love. So, yeah. you know, I think, yeah. So, man, the struggle is real, you know, for transgender, <clears throat> you know. Oh, like, man, the struggle is real. No, like, no. I didn't even know if I can where to start. Yeah. Bro, it's like <laughs> the upbringing, you know, it's the upbringing for trans. Um, looking, and then, you know, every single day, you, you actually question yourself you know you, you, like you're like you question yourself at, am i actually worth being on this planet you know should i even be part of this family because of you know <clears throat> the discrimination that i face hourly and then you know being invalidated anywhere you go not just that but looking going to school you want to you know you know you're good at at these subjects but you can't go to school because the school makes you feel um, it invalidates your presence and also, you know, pushes you out and it, it's not warming. So that's difficult and that's school. After school, you go to university, it's the same thing, <clears throat> you know, it's the same thing. You, you, you can't, it's like going into an unsafe space because you don't know who's going to be there who just hates trans and they just might throw rocks at you and stuff and, you know, and, 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 it's, diff- and it's difficult. Even your teachers as well, teachers or lecturers, you don't even know if they are, if like how they feel about trans people. They might not even want to be, you know, you might not even want to approach them because then, because you know very well that they're solid Mormons, for example. <laughs> Love my Mormons. No. But, uh, but you know, like yeah. <clears throat> they might be hard out, you know, um, and um, religious and they're like, nah, not going to help gay people, not going to help lesbians, not going to help, you know, but yet they're a lecturer, you know, and so it's kind of like there's that barrier. After that, looking for job, you don't even know, you know, looking for um <clears throat> for um an employment that is um sorry um an um, an employer who's actually going to hire a trans or gay person, especially especially a trans person, you know, for fighting it. Those are the struggles that we face with, and <clears throat> it's kind of like oh, so what are you? Are you a boy or girl? So oh, I'm trans. Okay, so. Do we give you a male uniform or a female uniform? You know, like those are the questions that that are actually asked to date that um, some of the girls um, face with. And then not even that, it's going into like to our bank, you know. Oh, hi there, can I just get a withdrawal or can I make a deposit? Okay, cool. Do you have your identification? Sure. The ID, your passport, birth certificate says male, you know. So it's like male and then they look at you and you're obviously female and they're like, Oh shit! And then there's that, there's that look from that person, who's like oh, giving you that eye. And then even going into IID, immigration, passport when you're flying overseas, all of those. It's like you scan your passport. The passport is obviously like it says male, but you're obviously like you present yourself as a female. And then um, <clears throat> those are the issues. And then getting you know, going into this aisle for males, but you actually identify as females. So then. 
um, to prevent all of that, you actually have to go and get your ID and that changed passport, legally changed as female to prevent all of that. But even that, that doesn't even give you confirmation that your life is going to get better because, you know, you, you could, um, if you get spot checked and stuff, like, for example, you know, they, it's, it's all of that. Yeah, it's messy. It's not messy. It's just the, these are the, like, this is the journey of a trans person right up until they um, are no longer on this earth. That's the journey of a Fafafinia trans person, Basfika rainbow person. That's what they face. That's what we face. Mm. <clears throat> Fuck, you know. <laughs> yeah, so that it's is, a lot, eh? That's a lot. Yeah, that it's a, a lot. lot. <clears throat> Even like, you know, it's just like what I was saying before, sorry, going shopping. You mm. know, if you want to go to the shop and someone's like, hey, I'm you. And then it's kind of like, oh, you're a faggot. Oh, you're a... Yeah, so, you know, Fine. day by day, trans women for five years face death every single day. Yeah. So that explains all the all the stuff you see on social media and mm. the <clears throat> with all the rights and all the protests and all that kind of yeah. stuff. And man. Yeah. Yeah, all you, the rights and all the protests. Like yeah. and if if that's happening to it's happening to a lot of people, you know, constantly. To me, I'm thinking, man, that's constant every second of your mm. life, like when you're outside your, your front door going out there. Yeah. It's happening, mm. you know? Bro, like even if we want to go out and have like, you know, say the boys, if the boys are like <clears throat> or the girls Hey come let's go For a drink You know Like if we all go out Like all the boys and all the girls Go out um, For drinks And then we go to a nightclub But imagine that Okay Everyone knows that You know like your group of friends Know that you're trans You're a proud trans woman Or for a thingy You all go out to a nightclub Right And then you obviously go to the bar To order a drink and a guy comes up to you. He has no idea that you're trans. He just sees a beautiful, um, a, a beautiful woman. They're automatically right there, unsafe. Because, you know, he he's probably like, he's already probably made up the mind saying, oh, that's going to be my future wife over there. I'm actually going to have babies with her. We're going to build a life together. And then next minute, oh, I'm trans. You know, all of a sudden, you like, we don't know how he's going to react. He could probably just give... Me are hiding right then and there, you know, at the bar. Because I've just told him, oh, no, no, I'm okay. No, oh, oh no, I'm not, I'm I'm trans. Yeah. Then it's, you know, what the fuck? Are you okay? And then straight into a deadly situation right then and there. So that's a life. Like, that's the story of a trans person. Yeah. I know. Are you guys happy? You guys are <laughs> woman? No. <laughs> <laughs> Now <laughs> yeah, there's a lot to unpack because yeah, <clears throat> just just the the constant of it all. Just make just It's on the roll. Yeah, it's just, it's just shows me how much I didn't know, you know? Yeah. That's why it's good having these conversations because you get to understand um like our point of view and our journey, you know, and then it just makes you appreciate how privileged you are to live your life and how honored we are to actually still be here through the struggles and the um you know and the discrimination that we constantly face regardless 
of yeah because i want to ask you like what kind of resilience does that build for you living that every day <clears throat> of your life because i can't imagine i don't think i'll yeah. handle that <laughs> Um, for me, it's yeah. I, like I think when I look back at my experience, it's made me really stronger. Like it's 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 made, it's it's actually made me really resilient in terms of um being per, um being perseverance with you know staying true to who I am, <clears throat> and also just um just not giving a fuck about what people say. Eh? Yeah, but at the same time, being mindful. Yeah, with me. I have to be transparent for my own safety. Yeah. Because obviously, I mean, like, that's why I think with how I am on on, on social media, <clears throat> it's it's always like, you know, I'm a proud trans for fighting here. Um, like I make it known um and and, and and I'm really public out there with being a trans for fighting. So people know. So when they first approach me, they already know. Like even if it is, um, you know, guys wanting to holler at me and they already know, then it's, you know, at least they know. I don't have to, like, I don't have to verbally say, oh, I'm trans, because they already know of me or have seen my work. Mm. But, yeah, I think, um, yeah, I just have to keep fighting. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Powerful words, man. Honestly, and and you know, I I think you're beautiful, stunning, mm. and I feel just having that connection through the brotherhood. Yeah, did you know that, <clears throat> man? You're one of us, mm. no matter what. But I just appreciate you being on, man. Like, yeah, easy. It's yeah, yeah. and you're right. Connections, hey, that's what it is. Yeah, and bro, it just really being able is. To, unpack it and just yeah. put it out there man because it is Pacifica it is a voice you are a voice within our, mm. our communities within our families and it needs to be heard and there's not enough of it out there mm. unedited untouched and uh, that's beautiful man especially being a Fafafini because that is our culture you know that is our culture oh yeah we it's are part of the culture you yeah. know so we should it's my chop soy probably tastes better than hers but <laughs> Yeah. yeah, like if we, if we talk about like having having more 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 voices on platforms, then it shouldn't be a thing because it is in our culture. And you know, it's part of our Samoan yeah. society. But the thing is, I actually, you know, we play an integral role in society and in our culture. Like, <clears throat> I mean, especially for five fingers. Over in Samoa, over in Hawaii, over in Washington, um, over here in New Zealand and Australia. Bro, fa fingers are the ones who actually, um, we're the, our caregivers for our parents. We're the ones who actually assist and raise our sisters, children, our, our um, brothers, kids. <clears throat> you know, we are, hardcore, we are hardcore disciplinarians, you know, like... Um, we're also, you know, um, the ones who actually clean, cook, you know, do the church decorations, you know, gatherings, even the makeup artists, everything, the hairdressers and, you know, business planners, supporters, advisors, the aunties, the uncles, the, oh my gosh, we, like we know how to do a, um, a layer smackdown where we need to, we are, but we are also our family protectors too. Mm. And that's all of us. Yeah. Mm. 
Nice. The legacy. So, so what's coming next few months for you for um, Laulima? For Laulima? Um, <laughs> Any events? And no, not yet. Any no. goals for New Year? Oh, God, not yet. Um, there definitely is going to be a Laulima um, event next year, that's for sure. But in terms of um, Laulima's journey, yeah, just continue on with my school visits, making sure that my kids are supported as well as the teachers. Obviously, because it's a learning environment, the, the teachers don't know anything. Um, so then that's my job to actually um, provide some answers to their questions um, and also bring in support so that our kids and the teachers, our educators are actually supported. Yeah. And then just making sure that, you know, my my um, service to the community is actually um, fruitful. And, you know, wherever I go, I make sure that I plant seeds and then just watch that seed grow. Mm. Mm, nice. So, can well, have you got a website? Where, where, where can everyone find you? Um, at the only Steven on Instagram. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, I don't have a website yet. I'm just waiting for more funders to actually um provide some funding, mm. so I can actually you know hire some people, more people, more staff. Yeah. <clears throat> oh, nice. Steve, thank you for coming on the podcast. It's oh, been, good. It's been it's been educational. You know. And education one oh one. All good, I'll give you my um my my um I send you the bill after. I'll get the cow for the back from the corner from the truck. Yeah, and a more okay and, and some pussy piece of poops no. Alright guys, have a good week. Bye. Have a good week. Bye. Bye.